0: Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the Best Damn Move Related Show on the planet Earth, The John Campia Show, coming from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you. Our international friends gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world, movies, movie news, TV, streaming, online dating, all sorts of good stuff. (laughs) And joining us, of course, here, he is the founder of Plenty of Fish, Mr. Robert Meyer Burnett, Robert, how are you doing today, sir?
1: John, I just want—I want the whole audience to know that I had nothing to do with picking today's topic, but God <laughs> bless you, sir, for making it the main topic. And that thumbnail is exquisite, but I just—I just don't want you to get any hatred for fueling my own hatred. I want you to know this is a legit I'm sure you'll topic. be
0: very reserved today
1: I'm going to be very reserved very and reserved. calm
0: and also <laughs> joining us today he's going to be hanging out with you guys in the live chat during the show of course he is the one and the only the founder of eHarmony Mr. Ray Aura. Hey hey, hey
2: hey I'm staying out at the Star Trek thing
0: <laughs> that's that's usually a pretty wise thing to do and joining us today well not today oh, first of all I should let you know Chris Carr is again not here today we told you guys yesterday she had some car issues. Today, those are getting fixed, so she's not able to be here today. She sends her regrets, but it is
3: Wednesday, and that means Aaron
0: Cummings is here, and so is Joey Bishop. How yes, you doing?
3: I'm great. Uh, Joey, as you know, is the founder of ChristianMingle.com, and I'm the founder <laughs> of JDate. Um, two quick off the tops for Aaron, because I know how annoyed you get whenever I don't tell you when I'm going to pop up on your television screen. This Sunday is the long awaited episode of The Rookie that I will be guest starring in with with Nathan Nathan Fillion on ABC. And also for the Suicide Squad fans out there, Flula Borg, who played Javelin in the Suicide Squad, is also guest starring in this episode. And even though it's not a comedy, he is Absolutely hilarious. So if you don't want to watch me, that's totally fine. But definitely tune in for Nathan Fillion and Flula Borg. And secondly, what I learned last night is that the absolute worst thing to watch on television right before bed is 60 days in. If you're not watching it, don't watch it before bed. It's all about how civilians go into prisons or, excuse me, uh, county jail. And it is terrifying. And I realized last night, I would not do well in jail. I always think that I'm like kind of a badass and I'd be like, oh yeah, not the prisoners. It's the sheets. I don't think I could hang with those sheets.
0: Well, uh, we'll keep the prison (laughs) sheets. And I, of course, am your host, John Cambia, the founder of OnlyFarmers.com. And it's Mm -hmm. great to have all you guys here today. So it's dating all around. Anyway, guys, it is great to have you here. And here's how today's show is gonna go. We break the show up into two parts. In the first half of the show, we take some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we take your live comments and questions. Now, if you want to get in a live question, number one, you got to be watching live. Uh, And then you use the super chat feature in the YouTube uh, live chat section right there. Now, if you'd like to get in a comment or question for me or Rob to address, but you're watching this video the other 22 hours a day, we do a show three times a week called Mailbag, where we take your questions that you send in to us. If you'd like to send in a question for mailbag for rob and myself just go ahead and use the tip link that's down in the description of this video or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip you'll be getting your comment or question on mailbag if we deem your comment or question appropriate to be used on our show and of course you'll be supporting the channel at the same time and all of us involved here at the john Campus show thank you guys so very much for your support all right guys Let's now start getting into it, shall we? And we have a number of off-the-tops to start off with. And the off-the-top we're going to start off with here today is this. You guys will remember that, uh, oh, it's starting to feel like ages ago that they did announce finally, officially, that there is a Craven the Hunter movie coming from Sony. For those of you who may not know, and I'm sure, sure most of you do, Craven the Hunter is like, he's sometimes defined as an anti-hero, but he's often been associated with being a big foil of Spider Man. He's also fought Black Panther and Venom, and he'll hunt anything. He is the great hunter. They also announced that Aaron Taylor Johnson, kick ass himself, would be playing Craven the Hunter, and a lot of us got really excited about that. Well, there hasn't been a lot of information since. We had a little something a couple of weeks ago, but now we have something else just came out. A new casting just got done, and that is that one of the stars of the show, White Lotus, which a lot of people really like, Fred, and I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, Heshinger is going to be playing Chameleon, who is, of course, the half-brother of Craven the Hunter, at least in the comics. Whether they say he's his half-brother in this or not, we'll have to see. Now, in Spider-Man Far From Home, we had the Chameleon character, but was played by a completely different actor and all that kind of stuff, so it was kind of irrelevant. But this is what we've got here. This is coming to us from folks over at Deadline who write the following. Uh, Fred Heshinger has joined Sony Pictures' *Craven the Hunter, starring Aaron, Aaron Taylor-Johnson in the title role. Although it's unconfirmed, sources say... That Heisinger would be playing Chameleon, the brother of Kraven in the movie. JC Chandor is directing the pick with Javier Rod and Matt Tomlack producing. Art uh Macram and Matt Holloway and Richard Wenk penned the script. So there we go. We got some actual real casting to talk about. This movie is apparently still actually happening in movie forward. Now, they gotta get things moving fast. Because as of right now, Craven the Hunter, I believe, is scheduled to come out in January of next year. So we're 11 months away, less than 11 months away from when this movie is supposed to come out. So I expect over the next couple of weeks, we're gonna start hearing a lot of news about this movie coming out and a lot more casting stuff. And I'm looking forward to it. Anyway, Rob, you hear about this, things are moving. I don't can't remember, like, where's your anticipation level right now for a Craven? Is it something you're even looking forward to? Do you like Aaron Taylor Johnson? And what do you think about this new newest edition?
1: I, I love Aaron Taylor Johnson, you know, I, he was in a movie uh, Oliver Stone directed called Savages mm. that is based on the novel by Don Winslow, and I'm a huge Don Winslow fan, and I loved him. It's also it, got
0: uh, John Carter. Uh, yeah,
1: Taylor Kitch. Taylor Kitch yep.
0: and Mrs. Ryan Reynolds. And it's got
1: it's Blake got got Lively. <laughs> Blake Lively, it's got John Travolta in it. It's a, got a great cast. I, I really like him, and I love the Craven, the, Craven, the Craven's Last Hunt storylines, one of my favorite Spider-Man storylines. I think this movie, I mean... Look, like Venom, I could say, it'd be great if they had Andrew Garfield playing Spider-Man, but I can't (laughs) say that. I can't say that for every Sony Spider-Man project, but they, you know, if if it were up to me, I would do that. I can't wait for this. I think it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's crazy that we're getting a whole Spider-Verse of villains over from Sony. You know, we've got Venom and Carnage. We're getting Morbius. Now we're getting Kraven. I mean... What's not to love except Spider-Man isn't yet in any of these movies, but I hope that he will be
0: (laughs) by the way. I should point out that this image I had behind you. I'll bring it up here again. This image we have up on screen here. This was of course the treasure of the fan community boss logic. This was boss logic who put together a a while ago, an image of uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson as Craven. Hey, listen, um, Aaron, as somebody who does not watch white Lotus, myself so oh. i mean i i don't oh. watch the show i'm not familiar with it what i so i don't know much about fred heshinger should we be excited about this do you yes. like this movie? what do you yes.
3: think yes yes i mean white lotus first of all just put it in your queue it's such a it it, it has a slow burn at the beginning because it's kind of one of those shows where you go this is just weird but i i really like weird weird characters <laughs> weird story i i'm all the weirder it is the more i'm into it and white lotus is just weird from top to bottom but it all of these it's all of the stories end up coming together in a really cool way and you can read into it what you want or you can just enjoy the ride but fred heshinger really stood out to me his performance is so nuanced and exciting because you can't really tell from his performance initially if his character is supposed to be totally uh neurotypical or perhaps not he plays a very unique character in that um we can't even tell whether he's neurotypical or he he's just simply um a kid who's having trouble acclimating to his family and what really comes out ultimately in the end is he is uh, a teenager who's just really looking for his place in the world and the way that he paints this beautiful transformation of this character was so exciting to me to watch. And he has really, he has some great projects coming up. He has a project with Christian Bale coming out that he's in pre-production on. He has a Nicolas Cage movie, which is always exciting because again, (laughs) I like weird. Uh, This kid really has, sorry, excuse me, this young man really has a lot of cool things coming up. And his addition to the cast only excites me because it tells me, Again, that, you know, Marvel is constantly seeking the hottest and most talented performers and people to work in these projects. And ultimately, when you're going after talent and not just a name, you know, it it really speaks to the to what they're looking for. Well,
0: and the thing, the great thing about Marvel is they do both.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: they, They bring in great, wonderful talent that has no name, then they bring in great name talent. And all this the time. kid
3: obviously is right about to burst because people right. like me who loved him in White Lotus are already excited about it. But people like you who didn't see White Lotus are gonna see him and go, oh wow, this kid's really great. Let me go back and watch White Lotus to see more of the work he's done. Now, I
0: thought I heard he use Pierce and Pamela and Tommy. He is in well, Pam and Tommy. And I don't remember, I love Pam, and I don't remember. Yeah,
3: I can't watch it. Tom is watching it, it's it's really, it's-
0: It's bonkers.
3: It's No, you know what? It's actually, it makes me so angry and it raises mm. my anxiety when I watch <laughs> it. I'm just like, oh my God, my friend Paul Ben-Victor, who I'm seeing this weekend, plays the lawyer in Pam and Tommy. Oh, he's great. And I want, I'm going to see him. It's going to be so hard for me not to punch him in the face. I
1: edited a movie that Paul Ben-Victor was oh, in. Oh,
3: he's the best. <laughs> <that> <laughs> he probably never <laughs> wants <laughs>
1: to admit that he was in it, but...
0: All right, guys, question is for you. Yeah. What do you think about this new? Well, first of all, we've got casting news for Craven the Hunter. What do you think about it? Are you a fan of White Lotus? What do you think of the addition of Fred? Probably playing comedian. However you feel about it, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's do another off the top, and that one is this. Don't know if you heard, but Spider-Man did pretty well at the box office. No. Not bad. Yeah. Uh, okay. I think the second biggest all-time opening weekend, now like the third biggest domestic movie of all time, it made in the 1.7 something billion dollars. It's just continued to motor on. Just continued to keep going. Like, eat like even people like me who knew it was going to be a huge smash, even exceeding my expectations. Like far exceeding my expectations too. It's incredible. Now a lot of people have been talking about and wondering when is Spider-Man No Way Home going to be available for us to watch at home well now we have some specific dates it has been reported by the way they put out this picture of toby andrew and tom doing the famous meme standing <laughs> around point thing and they use this picture of them doing this to promote the fact that they now have release dates for their stuff and here's the That's date right here's the dates that we're getting here okay so the new dates Uh, were announced through the official Spider-Man Twitter account, which also posted a picture of the movie's three live-action Spider-Man recreating the famous pointing meme. Peter Parker's third outing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe will now be released digitally, like on Vudu and iTunes and stuff like that, on March 22nd. After that, a physical release of Blu-ray and 4K UHD will happen in April, on April 12th. So... Digital release on things where you can purchase it on Voodoo and iTunes and things like that on March 22nd. And then the physical media release on April 12th. Now, you might be wondering, what about streaming? Well, here's the issue with streaming Uh, it's not coming to Disney Plus. All right. It has been confirmed by Star CEO Jeffrey Hirsch that unlike other 2021 MCU releases such as The Eternal, Shang-Chi, and The Legend of the Ten Rings, Spider-Man No Way Home will not be going to Disney Plus anytime soon. And will instead make its streaming premiere on STARS, which we have talked about before. But they don't have a specific date for it yet. It's just that it's going to premiere on STARS sometime in the next six months, which I'm a little bit disappointed to hear. But it is coming as early as March. Uh, if you want to buy it digitally, which is probably how I'm going to be buying it or renting it or whatever, followed by the physical media release, which is probably how Rob is going to get it on Blu ray and 4K. UHD. Now, apparently there's also some behind the scenes stuff in it that they're going to be including on the discs. I don't They're not clear about whether or not they're going to be putting on the digital releases as well. Like, I think there's another scene or two with the three Spider-Man just kind of hanging out that they took out of the movie, I guess. Or it might be just some behind the scenes stuff. Not sure. Anyway, Rob, I know you enjoyed this movie very much and you're still one of the last bastions of hope holding onto the physical media realm. But you hear about these dates, but You know, some people wrote to me this morning saying, well, why is Disney putting it out on disc? Isn't that don't they want to try to drive subscriptions to Disney Plus? Well, it's not on Disney Plus. No, it's it's a Sony release.
1: It's coming from Sony. So everyone's got to remember. And of course, I will be getting the 4K Steelbook, which is already pre-ordered because I have every single Marvel Steelbook that exists in 4K. Thank you very much. I just got the Eternals 4K. I know, I, no one's going to give me an award, but it's true. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, John. I want to see the deleted scenes. I want to see. Apparently there's like an hour or a hundred, there's a hundred minutes of special features, which is exciting to me because as a special features content producer myself, it is very nice to see that people are even putting special features on discs and uh, to get them from a movie like this, delightful.
0: Well, I now you, you mentioned there's going to be like a hundred minutes of stuff. Yeah. As somebody who has been a special features producer as somebody who is a fan of this film Mm. what kind of stuff do you think we can expect to see on this disc you know we haven't ever received this but i would
1: love to know the story behind how did they get all these actors to come back Mm. i want to know i want to know i would love to hear from andrew garfield and toby mcguire about the first phone call they got about this now they've talked about this in interviews but maybe go a little in depth i heard that amy pascal threw a sandwich at Kevin Feige, I read this in an article <laughs> when he said suggest- this too, yeah. yeah. And he suggested doing this and she threw a sandwich at him. I mean, I wish they would tell these stories because the one the one thing that has completely disappointed me. John, I made a three hour documentary on the making of Superman Returns that's on that Blu-ray. Three hours. Wow. And I was on I was on location for a year shooting behind the scenes footage the marvel cinematic universe has really dropped the ball they could have liked their movies they could have been making an interconnected Mm -hmm. ongoing documentary now over 28 films about how this whole process started the thought process behind it how did it happen the decisions that were made and i really think that this is an opportunity that they've never availed themselves of and of all the movies that are coming out today like the lord of the rings box set that has 10 hours of documentaries for each film uh I wish they had done that. And so the more we get about how these movies are made, the happier I am. So I'm hoping that with 100 minutes, that's pretty good, you know, especially in this day and age. So I'm hoping we're going to get, and and to be fair, Disney Plus has been doing a pretty good job with their behind the scenes, the the assembled documentaries. Yes. They're pretty good, right?
0: I was going to mention their assembled stuff. They're good. I'm hoping that's a sign that they are going to start including more behind the scenes stuff. On the streaming, uh, yeah, because platform as they well. could
1: have done they could have done episode after episode after episode for the Marvel movies. There's twenty eight Marvel movies now, that's at least you could
0: have done seasons worth of well, documentaries. Look at the the Mandalorian mm-hmm. stuff they did. They literally did like six episodes. Yeah. of just the filmmakers sitting around behind the scenes. By the way, you brought up Kevin Feige and uh, Amy Pascal. I was hearing from somebody's like. People think you know Amy and Kevin work together, and 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 they do. Just you have no idea how much like how BFFs they are. Like apparently, like Kevin Feige loves Amy Pascal. Like I I I I never knew this. I didn't know this, but apparently, like they have a fantastic relationship, and he loves working with her. I never knew that before.
1: Remember, they he if memory serves, he does have a producer credit on Spider Man the original oh, yeah. Spider-Man. Yeah, he, so they've worked together for 20
3: years. Yeah, a mm-hmm. very
0: long time before he was running Marvel.
3: Yeah, you don't work with someone that long if you don't actually like them as a person. It's <laughs>
0: real hard. It's real hard. I've seen married couples married that long and not actually like the other
3: person. So right, yeah. but they're probably not spending as much time together as Kevin Feige that's, and Amy that's Pascal. That's probably too. That's why she
1: can throw a sandwich at him and get away with it. Yes, exactly. Not,
0: not many people can. Anyway, you hear about this. Uh, are you and Tom going to be grabbing up uh, either? Let me ask you though. You and Tom, Spider-Man now comes out. Do you grab a digital copy to have on your, on your, or do you grab a physical copy?
3: Um, yeah, we're grabbing as few physical anything. I would, ra- I, I'm, I kind of want to just, I think at this point it would be easier for me to move out of my house than for me to actually deal with all of the crap we have. I'm in a massive crap purging stage right now. So no, <laughs> we will not be accumulating any physical media um, of anything ever. Except,
1: foreign releases of movies that you're in. That like Bitch Slap. That's uh, right. Well, uh, you Rob know David what? Provided by Dieter for... Bastion all the way from Zarbrucke in Deutschland.
3: <laughs> yes, I, I do have a whole lovely collection of uh, Bitch Slap movies from Robert Meyer Burnett. Uh, and Dieter. And Dieter, and thank you, Dieter. But speaking of Bitch Slap, I'm actually glad that you brought that up because, you know, so when we did Bitch Slap, which if you're not familiar, which you probably aren't, that's okay, um, super low-budget indie fun film in the vein of Faster Pussycat Kill Kill that I did many, many years ago. And we did, we had a behind-the-scenes feature called uh, Behind Bitch Slap, Building a Better B Movie. And it is almost as zany and weird and just just wackadoodle as the movie itself is, but also incredibly entertaining. And what I don't understand is why more pro oh thank you there's yeah. an image
0: from bitch slap
3: there i am in my gold dress just kidding that's julia voth um <laughs> i'm the redhead uh, so you know what i don't understand is why the behind the scenes isn't being capitalized more because we've yeah. seen so many times whether it's assembled or it's movies we loved on netflix you know people are ravenous to hear how it all came together to see you know, what were the little things going on behind the scenes, especially if it's a project that people are passionate about. And you're absolutely right. If there had been this chronological tale being told about the evolution of Spider-Man, how invaluable, and I'm sure that that footage exists. You know, when I see special features, I love to see the physical transformations. I love to see the costume fittings, the iterations. Like, I would love to see how many different versions of the Spidey suit they went through before they oh, yeah. came to the final one. You know, different fittings. I remember when I worked on The Flash, um, uh, the gentleman who plays The Flash, sorry, I'm having a-, a Greg,
1: Greg Gustin?
3: Greg, yeah, Greg Gustin. They had a new outfit for him. And this poor guy, it was so tight in a in the crotch that it was so incredibly uncomfortable. And I was like, that would be a really great thing for behind the scenes, is that it was almost impossible for him to work comfortably because and these are all just little things is costume fittings things that get annoyed um and they get annoying for actors makeup hair interviews all those things i love these behind the scenes and i would just love to see more of them
0: me too all right guys well the question is for you now we've got some dates for when you're going to be able to get your hands on spider-man no way home whether you want it digitally whether you want it a physical copy whether you want to wait for it to be streaming now you know where it's coming on stars how are you guys going to pick it up? What kind of special features on these discs would you like to see included? Whatever your thoughts are, jump down into the comment section below and leave your thoughts there. Hey guys, we want to take a minute and thank the sponsor of today's video, the good folks at Keeps. Now look, you guys probably already know that two out of every three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're just 35 years old. Now that's where Keeps comes in because Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. That means the guys that use it love it. Keeps offers a simple, affordable, and stress-free way to keep your hair. It's also low-cost. Treatments start as low as just $10 per month, and Keeps offers generic versions for the two FDA-approved medications to prevent hair loss. That means treatment plans are affordable, typically half the cost of pharmacy prices. Keeps has everything your hair needs, delivered straight to your door with discreet packaging and proven results. Remember, prevention is the key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so the sooner you act, the better. When it comes to your hair, save more, spend less with Keeps. So if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to Keeps, that's dot com slash Campia to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's Keeps, dot com slash Campia to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash Campia. And thanks to the good folks at Keeps for being a sponsor of the John Campia show. All right, let's now move on to another off the top, and that is this. You know, there has been a lot of talk recently about the Netflix Marvel shows, all the Defenders stuff, whether it's Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Punisher, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, whatever. Because as you know, now in the MCU, we've got Charlie Cox playing uh, Matt Murdock and we've got Vincent D'Onofrio playing Kingpin and it's all there. So a lot of people are wondering more and more about what is going to be the future of these things. Now we heard a little while ago that Netflix was gonna be pulling those Marvel shows off the service. And a lot of us said, well, I guess we can assume that at some point they're gonna end up on Disney Plus. Well, assume no longer. Netflix's Marvel shows are coming to Disney Plus in Canada, Yeah, (laughs) in Canada. This comes just from the folks over at ScreenRant to write the following. Uh, Netflix's uh, former Marvel shows like Daredevil and Jessica Jones are officially releasing on Disney Plus in March. Marvel Studios has expanded the Marvel Cinematic Universe to the small screen over the last year thanks to Disney streaming service. While WandaVision became the first official MCU show, Marvel TV previously made multiple live-action shows for Netflix that took a street-level approach and more adult tone to the superheroes. While these shows were quite successful, they were all suddenly canceled out in 2018, and now we know, and they are coming, I believe, in March. They're being brought over to Disney Plus in Canada. Now, I say Canada because the official announcement came from Disney plus Canada and said that. So we can't assume they're going to be coming to a Disney platform in the U S here. The question is going to be, which platform? All right. Will it be on Disney plus proper or will it be in its bundled sister site? Hulu. And that's the question they have right now. To me, I think the answer is clear. I think this is, these are going to end up on Hulu. I don't think Disney wants to have. Now, granted, Big Papa Iger isn't there anymore. And Iger was always the guy saying, you know, we're going to make sure that Disney Plus is going to be family appropriate, that a Mm -hmm. parent won't have to worry about their kid turning on Disney Plus. But now we've got, you know, (laughs) let's not talk about a unemployed Uncle Chapek uh, is running (laughs) things. And who knows what he's going to who knows what he's going to do? at this point but I think it seems to stand a reason that on Hulu is the place that's ultimately going to live I would been, wouldn't be surprised if we found out by the end of the day if we get an official announcement now that they're announcing the Canadian release anyway Rob you hear about this number one he's surprised by the move because I think we're kind of expecting about this and where do you think ultimately shows like Daredevil and Punisher and Jessica Jones will end up will Disney Plus create maybe a behind a wall adult Section of Disney Plus, or will they just go with Hulu?
1: I think Disney Plus at some point is going to have to create some kind of a wall Mm. for. It'll be part of Disney Plus, but uh, that kids can't get into. Call it, you know, parental lockout. Disney
3: Plus After Dark. Yes, it'll it'll (laughs) it'll be
1: something like that, Um, you know, or or, uh, because they're going to have to. And look. Even I, if I was running Disney Plus, like I love Jessica Jones and she has a sex scene with Mike Coulter, one of the most magnificent men who's ever walked the planet. Mm -hmm. But I don't think an eight year old should necessarily be seeing that. And if you're a Marvel fan, that's one of the things about Marvel movies is they're fairly family friendly four quadrant movies the netflix shows have adult content even the fight scenes in daredevil and dude i watched i watched the mad i mad exploitation movies when i was a kid if i was a father to a son i would never let him watch the things that i watched when i was young right there's (laughs) no way for sure there's no way i mean as things like thriller a cruel picture my mom my mom walked in on me watching i spit on your grave once and that didn't go well She's like, What is this? I'm like, Oh Mom, it's a horror movie And she's like she walked away, but
3: she so didn't I, turn it off, she just walked out
1: She couldn't do it. Like she didn't it blew her mind. She's like it, it was a, it's a rape revenge film, it's not for kids. I was watching it, I was probably twelve. It wasn't good. Uh I mean it was cool when I was twelve, but it wasn't right. good with my mom. So I think it's important that Disney I think it's gonna be on Disney Plus, but behind the or, yeah. or a paywall. Or or a parental wall. A parental
2: wall. Yeah. Speaking of, Plus, <laughs> uh, speaking of Disney Plus, pull a little closer there. Speaking of Disney Plus, S R U Jan just reminded me, Free Guy is out today, hey, baby. Right. <laughs> Free Guy, watch up. that after
0: work. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited to watch that movie again, actually. But you you brought up the Mike Coulter, um and oh, Jen, uh, Kristen, the, Ritter. Kristen Ritter Ritter's sex scene they had in that. I remember because I think that might have been the first time we saw. A sex scene between two invincible, super powered, whatever. And they're, I just remember like, that girls are going at it and they're damaging the walls and all that kind of stuff. Then they did something kind of similar to that in The that's Boys. That's a Sunday the boys. For me. What's that?
1: Yeah, that's a Sunday for me.
0: Oh, yeah, that's just a you not. Know, uh, no, but The Boys. But no, then The Boys did something similar, only they amped up even more destruction. You're right. I don't know how they do
3: that on a Disney And then recently Plus. in Peacemaker, did they John do- Cena. That with first episode. The, the first episode of Peacemaker. John Cena has. He's not a superpowered being, though. Oh, okay. Oh, I okay. think he's yeah. superpowered. I mean, yeah.
1: Hunka, <laughs> hunka, hunk burning mad. Come True. on. True. I
3: mean, he definitely has powers that the average man does not. I'll, of what, I'll give him that. Tom told me that John Cena would never date me. I that's was really terrible, offended. That would yeah. be defensive. He thing. was like, John Cena would never date you. And I was like, what are you talking about? And he goes, I mean,. You're he'd think you're hot, but you're way too mean. He would never put up with your you, don't
0: have to date. You, you. You found
1: a you're J date. You can get whatever date you want.
3: That's true. I found a J date. That's All right. right. On to
0: on to back to the topic. Well, well, I mean, actually, let's go over to you on this because mm-hmm. um, you see this. Where do you think now that we know the Netflix stuff is coming? Canada is getting on Disney Plus, so it's going to be coming to the Disney platform for sure. Disney Plus or Hulu, where do you put it?
3: Disney Plus after Dark, man. I think that that's the way. To, I mean, remember Nick at Night? I mean, even though Nick at Night was not necessarily showing Jessica Jones sex scenes, it was, um, I, I do think that there has that there's going to be a some sort of uh, veer off to the right for parents who want to be able to watch these more adult films. Themed and um, programs that are still in the Marvel universe, and and I and I want to see them all in one place. I don't want to have to go hunting through various streaming services to figure out yeah. where they are. They're, they're all gonna. I want them to be parked in one location. And as a parent, um, you know, I want to be able to go. All right, we're gonna be able to put the kid in front of the television and have you know him watching Disney um, once we start allowing screens, and and not worry that all of a sudden a pair of boobs are gonna pop up or someone's gonna be you know, get beheaded all of a sudden. Um, <clears throat> until he's 12, of course. And then <laughs> until he's 12. Until yes. And then it'll be completely appropriate programming.
1: Absolutely. But
3: yeah, I, I, I like that. Bob I- will hook him up. <laughs> yeah, you will. I like the idea of a Disney Plus After Dark uh, that just allows parents the ability to watch all of their favorite uh, Marvel and Disney projects that are, you know, geared towards a more sadistic audience. Because there, sadi- there are
0: adults. There are in international markets, there are there are markets where have they have Disney Plus that then have a section to it that will contain that stuff. See in North America, it's, well at least in the United States, it's different. They have Hulu for that stuff. So,
3: but I don't why know. Do in they Canada experiment? is it, it does because can, does Canada not have Hulu? No.
0: Hulu is not in Canada. Canadians Hulu are more mature them, than we markets. are. Wait, right,
3: but that's the thing is, are, 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 are they not, is Disney Plus not concerned about little eight-year-old Canadian kids watching? But I
0: don't know if it's in Canada, if it's the same as it is in some of the other markets where maybe in Canada, they have like a star section that is, that is locked off a, a Disney Plus after dark like you're suggesting. So I don't know if they'll implement that in the US or not, but if they don't make a change I would say it needs to go to Hulu. I mean, I think that's where it just makes the most sense for it to line up, but we'll see. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? If you're in charge over there, over at Disney, and you know you're about to get the Netflix Marvel stuff, where do you put it? Do you put it on Disney Plus and kind of risk the relationship with the families, but you're trying to expand? Or do you put onto Hulu, which is another platform you got that does have a lot of adult, more stuff like that? What do you guys do? Whatever you think, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move into another off the top here, shall we? And that one is this. Wow, did it hit the fan yesterday. When news came out that the Academy Awards were going to be taking eight categories and awarding them before the show starts, that they would actually start the ceremony one hour early and then they would cover these eight categories during that one hour ceremony and then start the live show after those eight categories were presented and then during the live broadcast they would edit in and show the acceptance speeches and and things like that of the people who'd won the hour before this comes to us from Variety who writes the following several major Academy awards will not be presented on air during this year's Oscars in an effort to present a more streamlined and television friendly broadcast. Eight honors will instead be awarded during off air parts of the show and then edited into the telecast variety has confirmed the Oscars recognized 23 categories in total, but the show has been criticized for being long-winded and its ratings have struggled in recent years. Now struggled true, Other than any sporting event, it's still the number one televised event of the year, bigger than anything. But still, they've been dropping. The awards that will be handed out earlier in the ceremony are for documentary short, film editing, makeup and hairstyling, original score, production design, animated short, live action short, and sound. So those are the eight categories that will be given out prior to the live event starting. And I'm going to take the uh, unpopular position on this. It's about damn time. I have been saying for years that they need to move some of these categories off of the main show. Because quite frankly, the ceremony is for the artists. The show is for the audience. And these shows are too long. Now, I've said a lot of things over the years about different things I I think they should do, and some of which they've done. I have always thought it was ridiculous that the Best Director category gets three minutes of screen time to announce the nominees, announce the winner, bring up the thing, three minutes. But Best Song got five two-minute segments throughout the thing. So you're saying Best Song is more important than Best Director, because it's 10 minutes of screen time, Best Director gets three. But they changed that. They started making, now there's an amalgamation, a, a collage of the musical numbers that they fit into one thing, and I like that. They started to cut down on some other things. And the reality is this, with all due respect to the people who are gonna be involved and the brilliant, talented people who are involved in making live action short films, live, short animated films, uh, makeup and hairstyling, film editing, something with all due respect to the brilliant artists and creators who work in those fields. 98% of the viewing audience at home watching the Oscars don't have a lot of interest in those categories. The ceremony is for the artists. The show is for the audience. And for years, the Academy has had several types of categories that they've given out awards for at a separate ceremony that they then, they then usually highlight in then, And I don't, if it's, and I think it'd be dangerous to get in the game, well, this category is more important. These people are more important than these people. And they, whatever. I think it's a matter that you just got to sit down and say, what categories are the audience really most interested in? These are the ones we televise. But I also think it's important to keep in mind here that they're not just throwing them out, they're still going to be getting their awards, they're getting their Oscars, and their acceptance speeches, or at least a version of them, are going to be played during the show. It's just going to be saving them time by cutting out a lot of the fluff in between. The 30 seconds it takes them to go stand up from their seats and go, oh my God, oh my God, and thank the person beside them here, person beside them there, take 30 seconds to walk. Just cut all that shit out. We don't need it. You need to shorten the show. And I will be the unpopular lone voice in the wilderness, the sound voice of reason. And say again, it is about damn time. I think this is a good move. And listen, we may watch the Oscars and realize, woo, that didn't work. We, We may. I, who have been very, very critical of the Academy board the last couple of years, extremely critical of the Academy board, I think this is absolutely something they should do and try. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. And they make more adjustments next year, but they needed to make a change and the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few or the one, time to do this. Rob, I know you disagree, at least to a degree you, you disagree, but what do you think about this overall?
1: We take a deep breath.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, here's the thing. Totally agree with what you said, that the show is for the audience, the awards are for the people being awarded. The artists, yeah. The fact is though, that this is the Oscars. It is the most prestigious award show that the motion picture industry has. And what they've done is they're now segregating parts of that art form. They've
0: done it for years.
1: Well, but the actual craft going in, like they've had science and technical awards that are given out and and those kinds of things. But to take away things like film editing, mm. score, production design, these are things you actually see, production design especially, you see it yep, on camera. absolutely. And I'm just saying that, you know, these people are just as important as anyone else. And I feel that, I get it. I totally understand what you're saying. The show's too long. Why we have to watch these variety numbers. I've never understood that, but I think this, there's, a, there's a bigger trend here at work and the academy needs to make money to pay for their museum. I totally understand all that, but at the end of the day, we are honoring the craft of motion pictures and what the academy is doing. Remember their own constituency votes, editors vote for editorial, production designers vote for production design and what you're doing what you're saying to the public as well is these disciplines are somehow less important than say the actors you know and this is about the craft of movie making it's not it shouldn't be star effing which is what this is they're trying to make it and i I feel that like everything in our country the united states we want to we want to dumb everything down and there's i think there's a there's a bias here that if we have to like, oh, if we actually have to learn like a technical category is somehow less, I just want to see Nicole Kidman's dress. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, for the Oscars, and I do too, because I love Nicole Kidman. (laughs) I'm not going to say that she's a redhead. I've been watching her since Dead Calm. I love Nicole Kidman. And that's great. That's why I watch the pre-show. But I do, I, as somebody who's a film editor myself and who has admired craftspeople, I want that to be a part of it as well and I I hate it's like everything we want it we want it quick and fast I don't care if the Oscars are 10 hours long I'd watch them so would you Um, we need we can't stop celebrating the academic foundational crafts of our society we can't just because it's not insta-friendly or can't put it on TikTok it's important that we still honor these things to remember them
0: I, I I don't disagree and they're not taking the categories I, away. I, I know
1: they're not. I they know are they're still not.
0: giving them their Oscars. They're still going to get some screen time. To me, this kind of reminds How me. How do like, you
1: tell your spouse that you're not going to be live accepting your award when you've been editing a movie for a year? Who cares? And
0: you're like, honey. Who cares? Like, the, the, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me of when we were in, in uh, elementary school and they would call a school assembly. And they would have some ridiculous stuff that none of us cared about. Announcements, like, announcements. And, and I feel announcements. like he's just telling the audience, no, I know you don't care about this, but you sit there and you watch this. Let's be honest. The audience is going to tune out anyway. And again, I would feel differently if they just eliminated those categories. And they said, these categories are no longer right. Academies of the Academy Award. We're not recognizing these things, but they are. But we're just going to get a streamlined version of getting it. They're, they're going to announce the winners on the, on the show. see well, the winner's announced? We're going to see them get their Oscars. We're going to give a speech. But John Williams, you're telling John Williams he's not important
1: enough. His category is not important enough. I started listening to film music when I was 10 because of the soundtrack to Star Wars. I
0: don't disagree. But the thing is, it's not about who's important. It's about what is the audience tuning in to watch? I know. I know. I,
3: I, the and- audience is tuning in to watch cat videos on TikTok. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'm I, 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 sorry, Rob, please continue
1: no, no, I'm with you, please. I was, I'm there for what you were just, please continue on. Like,
3: honestly, I, I, like, I I hate to, I don't want to live in a world where an institution, whether it's the Academy Awards or any other institution has to change at the, so much at the whims. I mean, obviously we want to be able to listen to what the audience is saying and to pivot and turn and to change things. I do like the fact that, you know, instead of having an entire song number, which they were doing for the purpose of entertainment, it wasn't because best song was so much more important. It was because they went, oh, this will be a nice break for all the actors and, you know, all the lushes to go out to the lobby and get boozed up and for the audience to see a live performance from Adele or from Billie Eilish or whoever, um, you know, it was for the purpose of entertainment. It wasn't because it was more important now they realize audiences don't really need to see the entire performance and don't really care so let's just make a medley and the audience will be fine i understand the pivoting and the uh you know changing of that but and maybe i'm partial because i do work so closely with makeup artists and hairstylists. that category in particular really stings and um because I see that the makeup artists and the hairstylists are usually the first ones arriving on set and the last ones to leave. And they are putting up with actors' bullshit and they are managing different personalities. Their jobs are really, really hard. One of the most and,
1: important hires on any production is your hair and makeup people.
3: Absolutely. I mean, you want an actor to be in a real bad mood, make sure that they're getting their makeup done by an asshole. Like that's that's gonna really, that's gonna detract your, There's it's so much more than just just let me slap some mascara on someone it's creating a character and that's a really important car- category as well as all of these are and I, I don't understand also how just how logistically it's going to work so every year for the past 20 years that i've been in los angeles 20 plus years my industry friends i have a small little group and we always get together hours before the program starts and we watch the lead up on the red carpet we flip back Nicole and forth Nicole Kidman's dress Nicole Kidman's <laughs> watch dress watch the dress exactly who's wearing what who's wearing what we watch we flip back and forth from e to the live blah, 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 blah. and then we roll right into the show so i don't understand is are they going to do the red carpet and then all of a sudden there's going to be an hour hiatus like what's happening during that hour that the you know, non-important categories are getting their awards. <laughs> you know, what's
1: going to people be won't have shown up yet. That's when they'll give you. Right, you know, be a, full I think
3: that we're, we're 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 missing the fact that a lot of people tune into the pre-show, which is why five different networks cover it.
0: Yeah, it'll probably be delayed, so you'll probably see the the red carpet, and the arrivals, and they'll roll right into the live thing. If they do they'll it, delay they do it,
3: the live red carpet, they, they show. do it
0: already. They do it already for like for premieres, because like we'll be in the theater at, at a premiere, right? and there'll be the big red carpet event going on outside. And we'll be seeing like, oh, here comes, uh, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of, come up with somebody. uh, Scarlett Johansson. uh, Sure, Scarlett Johansson, right? Oh, there's Scarlett Johansson walking down the red carpet. She's stopping to talk to the interviewer. But then I look to my right, Scarlett Johansson sitting right here.
3: No, the difference though, is that, when it, if we're just gonna talk about the fashion, the number one event for designers is the academy awards they don't care what scarlett johansson's wearing you know to the most recent premiere of you know black widow they care what she's wearing on the red carpet of the oscars because that is what catapults the entire industry and the planet here's the thing you know what this
0: reminds me of this is the same discussion i heard when i remember back at amc movie talk and we did a big thing on this with the trend that started with movies all used to have opening credits they always used to have the big opening credits 99% 99% of movies no longer have opening credits. And remember, we were discussing that, and there were all these people saying, This is an insult to the people who make these films and blah 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 and all the because but the audience doesn't care about opening credits. They don't care about opening Unless credits. Unless they're cool. And it's not a slap of disrespect to the people who did have their names kept.
3: Yeah, because every once
0: in a while you get some like
3: Superman.
1: You or, get some or like damn a cool, girl like Dragon Tattoo thing. or
0: Seven or
3: Yeah, yeah the- okay, but yeah, hold on. Like what? the Espies are 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 um, shown on ABC. Does the audience care about best jockey, best bowler? I'm sure that if you're a jockey, you care about that. I'm sure if you're a bowler, you you care about that. But they still have those categories. You're
0: arguing this like they're getting rid of the categories. And they're not. No, but They're still there. They're still a part. Again, it reminds me, this was the exact same argument that was had with the opening credits of movies. And now everybody loves the fact that they don't have them. It also reminds me of the fact about- (laughs) When they when the whole discussion was come about when theaters in North America were finally making the transition to pre-signed seating. And there's so many people said, no, no, I, I, the, you, you're disrespecting people who want to go there and get in line to be but now we have it and we can't imagine being without it. Again, I would totally be on your side if this if they were literally the way you guys are acting, they were getting rid of the categories altogether but or not letting them have their screen time. They are. They're just doing it in such a way that it's going to make it quicker. You're still going to see the person accepting their award. I don't understand what the big deal is.
2: I, I have a question. Right. I have a question. So what happens if they do do it this way, right? I, I personally feel like anybody who watches the Oscars will watch the Oscars, and like that's that's just it. Like I think they should stay the same. They shouldn't change for anything. They've always been this way. I I, I don't feel they should um do anything to get more viewers whatever but what happens they do this and their viewership stays the same well or or gets even lower yeah that
0: that means they they completely that means it didn't work yeah and then next year you change it and fix it oh
1: if it doesn't work it doesn't but i think that look i think that you've got the academy is now making a value judgment Mm -hmm. they're making a value judgment about the, the art of cinema that and, actors and, and, and
0: directors and are and more that's important. That's where we disagree. I I believe this is simply a matter of pragmatic approach to what is getting the viewer numbers, not as to what art is more important. But you than also
3: others. already said that it's still the highest rated program outside but drop of sports. It.
0: But regularly dropping. Yeah, you yes. know what? A, so a lot of things are regularly dropping. But you oh. got to change something, or else you're just going to stay on the same trajectory we're doing. I would, going. I, I would argue. The
3: same, go ahead, Rob. Oh, I <laughs> would
1: argue that the Oscars are dropping because the importance of movies in our culture is is diminishing.
0: And I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree with you. But to 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 make a bold statement, to say that's the exclusive reason. No, it's not the exclusive I, reason. I just don't, especially since the fact that they are still getting the categories the the people are getting their awards and if it doesn't work they can just change it next year i'm not quite sure where this vitriol is coming from you, a, a the vitriol is coming
3: it. because it absolutely is placing a value judgment on one category versus another and it's just not fair to the people who not only dedicate their entire education but their entire lives to this craft and we already are in such a culture of Actor worship and director worship where they're the only ones who matter when we're watching a movie And there's so many other people who have sacrificed so much sacrificed their families So yeah, it actually does matter to be able to say to your wife Hey, I'm sorry that I wasn't here for an entire year to put our kids to bed because I had to be in another country it, You know, editing. and that this. only applies to people who get Oscar nominations
2: full-time it's
0: poll time (laughs) well we'll we'll, we'll put a poll in right now we got to move on from this anyway guys
2: i think it's i
1: appreciate you having this discussion i think this is a good 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 discussion
0: yeah and again i just think if it doesn't work and it may not like they could do all this and the show may still run too long and the 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 numbers may still drop and then they'll have to correct it next
1: year See, yeah i think here's the thing though i really do believe that they're looking at the wrong things They're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're looking at the wrong things. And at the end of the day, the Oscars should honor the art of filmmaking regardless, because at the end of the day, what are you going to do? Turn it into an award show where you're just going to talk to actors, which is what they really wanted. let's face it. If they could do that, they would.
2: Yep.
0: All right. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I again, everyone's face red in people here. People only
1: care about Nicole Kidman and her dress.
0: <laughs> again, I, I I just feel like you guys are reacting to this as if they just announced they eliminated those categories. And I think when we watch the Oscars, and I might be wrong about this, but I think when we watch the Oscars and we, we see that, I think we are barely going to notice the difference. I will notice it, but what about I think it'll be minor pool? No. I always win when it comes to You'll editor. notice it, you'll notice it if you if you're in the industry. Win every, you always win regardless. You'll notice it editor. if it's in the
3: if you're in the industry or if you care about the industry, if you want to be in the industry. It this And those are the, the people Oscar who are night, really the, watching the Oscars. The Oscar anyway.
0: night is about the artist, the broadcast is about the audience. And I don't know. We'll, we will see how this goes, but I do know this. As long that as I get everybody it. including me Always whine and bitch and complain about the length of the Oscars and blah, blah, blah. And then whenever they try to do anything to address it, we always complain. Me too, me included. mean, you know what?
2: If the
1: Oscar shows are good, like I would say that the biggest thing they should look at is not dropping categories. It's who they got to host the exactly. show.
3: Exactly. Get the right host and I'll yeah. watch it for as long as you want. Yeah, I
0: mean, you got to make it a great show. It. Yeah, they didn't do it this year. That's another issue. That's another <laughs> issue. Mean, They always together. get
3: the wrong host. A good host. Well, not I mean, always.
0: They sometimes get a really great host. But this year. Sorry, you're right. You're right. This year, they got the wrong host. They should have got Stone Cold Steve Austin. Stone what Cold I'm Steve
3: think. Austin would
0: have bought. Well, right? Tiffany Haddish. You ready for the Oscars? Yeah. Awesome Give me the the hell party. yeah. <laughs> you, yeah. You get...
1: will, so after Party is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> you,
0: yeah, you get...
1: I will, so love that show. Yeah, Tiffany
0: Haddish. All right, everyone calm down. So anyway, question is for you guys. What do you think about the Academy Awards trying to shorten the show by having some of the awards given out earlier and then broadcasting them on the regular show a little bit later? Do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you think they should change? Do you think they should not change anything at all? Jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Guys, we want to take just a minute and thank the sponsor of this video, Masterclass. Masterclass is offering classes on a wide variety of topics, like all taught by world-class masters at the absolute tops of their field. Each class is broken down out into individual video lessons, usually like around 10 minutes or so long, and members can explore at their own pace. And each class is supported by downloadable materials, lessons, recipes, or more that you can all find at masterclass.com for example, are you into streaming? Well, you can take the building your streaming class taught by ninjas. You can sharpen up on your streaming skills, or if you're interested in independent filmmaking, take independent filmmaking from Academy Award winner, Spike Lee. You want to get classes on how to direct? How about from Ron Howard? The very first one I personally looked up and got into was business leadership by the great big Papa Iger, Bob Iger himself. And I was absolutely in Enthralled with it, I love every single minute of this stuff. If any of those apply to you, you need to try MasterClass. So I highly recommend that you check it out. Get unlimited access to every MasterClass, and as a John Campia Show viewer, you get 15% off an annual membership. Go to masterclass.com/slash/Campia. Once again, to get 15% off your annual membership, go to masterclass.com/slash/Campia. Masterclass is awesome. I've been on it like every day. You guys yeah. should absolutely check it out. And thank you to Masterclass for being a sponsor of The John Campius Show. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics? Well, it's rather simple. You guys come up with them. Whenever you come across a big topic, issue, or story that you guys feel we should cover here on The John Campius Show, just go anytime 24 7 over to slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit, and then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission as a main topic here on
3: the John Campia Show. With that down, Aaron, what is our first main topic today? This comes to us from Mr. Mister. Hey, John and team. Greetings from Australia. Good day, Mr. Mister. Very little is known about the upcoming Blade film, and I actually got to the point where I was wondering if it was still going to be made. I don't know if this is much, but Aaron Pierre has now joined the movie, but his role is currently unknown. What are your thoughts on this, and how do you feel about where Blade movie, where the Blade movie is currently standing? Thanks, and bring on the filthy.
0: All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Mr. Mister. And look, I mean, Blade is kind of like becoming the new Black Adam, where 17 years ago, Dwayne The Rock Johnson stood on a stage and announced the world, I'm gonna be Black Adam. Then we waited and we waited and we waited and waited. And then finally something came out. And we, like now it's coming. We got the official news. I think it actually went into production and things started to come out, which was great. It was not as long ago, but it was years ago now that mm. Kevin Feige was on the stage and pulled a little bit of an Apple keynote and said, there's one more thing. And they bring out two time, two time. Academy Award winner, Mahershala Ali. And he was going to be Blade. And everybody went bonkers. You got a two-time Academy. Aaron was mentioning earlier, they bring in some great unknown talent, but they also bring in the big heavyweight known talent. And they got Mahershala Ali to come out and announce he was going to be Blade, which was incredible. And then silence. Nothing. And after a year and a half, people started wondering, look, is this thing still happening? Then we started to hear some things about Oh, a new writer has come on to clean up something or this happened and that. So we, we started to hear that there was still a pulse. And then the most major sign of life came with the Eternals. When at the end post credit scene in Eternals, you've got Jon Snow in there opening up the sword and then you hear the voice off screen, which they then later did confirm was Mahershala Ali as Blade talking to the Black Knight. So there, okay, so it's alive. But even since then, we've heard nothing. Well, we have heard nothing no longer, as just like with *Craven the Hunter, we now have got some official casting news. This comes us from the folks at Deadline who write the following. Krypton alum Aaron Pierre is set to co-star opposite Mahershala Ali in Marvel's new Blade picture, starring Ali as the iconic vampire hunter. It is unknown who Pierre will be playing in the film. Marvel had no comment. Delroy Lindo, which is also awesome, Mm -hmm. uh, is also on board with the Bessam Tariq set to direct. uh, Stacey Osai Khofer penning the script with Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige producing. While it is unknown who Pierre will be playing, the role itself was one of the more highly coveted parts in Hollywood. Disney already is high on Pierre, tapping him to voice the role of Mufasa in the upcoming Lion King prequel directed by Barry Jenkins. On top of that, Pierre already had a busy year with key roles in End Night Shyamalan's *Old* and Jenkins' Amazon event series *The Underground Railroad*. And that again comes to us from Deadline. I saw him in *Old*. I am most familiar with him in *Krypton*. *Krypton* was a nice little show, actually. Yeah, like it wasn't great. It wasn't must-see TV, but what could have been a really Bad off the rails show actually turned out to be kind of okay. And I and Underground I,
1: Railroad's really good Underground too. Underground
0: Railroad he's also got a lot of attention for. And so now we've got word he's playing this. Now, our operating theory, although there's a lot of different ideas out there, is that Delroy Lindo is going to be playing Whistler. And he may or may not, that's just the theory that's out there. I personally love the idea of Delroy Lindo as Whistler. That could be awesome. But the most important thing here is just that There's life in this project. It's moving forward. I still don't know a lot about when or where. I still kind of wish we knew more at this point. But anyway, Rob, you hear about the casting in this Blade. What do you think about the casting of Pierre to be in it? Do you have any theories who he might be playing? And where's your excitement level right now for Blade as a whole?
1: I honestly have no idea who he's going to be playing. And I I wouldn't care to speculate because I have no idea what direction they're going to take. Which, like, iteration of Blade is this going to be? I don't know. Um, it was interesting that they chose to introduce Blade in Eternals and go along those lines because there's a really, if you're going to look at the Black Knight and that cursed Blade, there's a lot. They could go into the Marvel Knights or they could, you know, you could see their supernatural characters team up. I, don't, I, I, I Moon Knight could be involved. I can't wait. Dude,
0: I'll tell you what. I was sitting beside, because I believe I brought you, I believe you came with me to your first sc- viewing of Eternals. I think I yes, took you to a screen, yes, right? Yes, you did. And I remember we were sitting through the credits and you were you were kind of saying before the credit came, like, I think we're gonna see Black Knight. I think we're gonna see Black Knight. And then the scene happened, you like Did Blade just talk to Black Knight? <laughs> and I said, I uh, think dude, it I, was. I, I, I
1: yeah. So I I'm I'm so I love Blade. I love the character Blade, you know. Uh I too Dracula. I I all that stuff. I love it all. So, but I don't and the, the casting, first of all, Delroy Lindo, dude, I could listen to that guy read the phone book. Mm, I yeah. love Delroy
0: Lindo. I mean, you know, I, I was watching. He carried the five bloods. He oh, was yeah. so good at that. I was watching. i get an Academy Award nomination.
1: Yeah, I know. I was watching The Devil's Advocate, which is a much better movie than people give it credit for. The movie's awesome. But Al wait, is Delroy Lindo in that? He is. He's in that. He's like he's I don't remember
0: him in it he's, either. He's in like that?
1: defending him. He's like a, a he's like he practices Santeria or something. And they're defending <laughs> him as for, so he can practice his own religion. And Al oh. Pacino gives oh, Keanu my Reeves gosh, that case. I have no idea. Yeah, yeah. He's like he's all Delroy Lindo just classes up the joint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd put him in everything. Um But so I don't know. And I'm I'm here for this. I can't wait to see it. It's about time because. Marvel is gonna be butting up now with, I think, Multiverse of Madness. We already have seen the Darkhold and WandaVision, you know, so, and they've got Agnes, Agatha Harkness. So the supernatural is about to burst through the Marvel universe in a big way, and Blade is gonna lead the way. And I I mean, they've already done it with a number of different things. So anyway, I'm happy about this casting. Think it's gonna be great, bring it on.
0: Aaron, you're hearing about uh, Aaron Pierre joining now the film. We're seeing some movement happening on Blade. Obviously he's gonna be working with Mahershala Ali in this, what are your thoughts?
3: Well, I remember I was actually on the the show back in the old studio when we talked about Mahershala Ali. That's how long ago that was. We were in the old studio. I didn't even remember that. And um, I mean, first of all, Mahershala Ali, he is, On his way to goat status, Uh, really everything that he touches is uh, it turns to gold, not necessarily financially when the box office, but instantaneously gains respect. He he is such a, a beautiful actor to to watch. And as far as Aaron Pierre, oh, my gosh, his voice, if you have not if you're not familiar with his work, just like go to YouTube and listen to one of his interviews and you will see instantaneously why he is going to be taking taking on the role of Mufasa. Uh, that is not, those are not easy shoes to fill, but I, I I, have the utmost confidence in him. And so I'm really excited to see what he's going to do in this. As far as the film itself, there's some powerful people coming on board this that have a strong talent behind them. I mean, just the writer, Stacey Osai uh Kuf, Kufor, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. I apologize. You know, she worked. She worked on The Watchmen. She worked on The Morning Show. On, you know, started on Pen One Five. Is it Pen One Five or Penis?
1: It's Penis. It's
3: Penis. <laughs> it's That's penis. what I always thought, but I think it's supposed to be Pen One. But you know, she has a, a really strong writing background as well. So I think that as more people continue to get added to this cast, uh, excuse me, to this project, it's just talent, talent, talent. And so. I, I'm not afraid of a little um, of a little quiet time with, about a movie's information. I don't need to hear every sing- l- Give me the behind the scenes in the special features DVD. Don't give me the behind the scenes leading up to it. I like to be surprised. And so I'm okay with them keeping things under wraps and us kind of forgetting about the movie. Because then when it's time to market it, they're going to give us a big push. I don't like talking about a movie for three years before you finally see it.
0: Agreed. I'll, I'll tell you what I am as boringly vanilla heterosexual as they come Pierre's a handsome man.
3: Oh yeah, oh yeah. That that is. That's a good looking person right he's there. He's looking. It's a good looking human.
0: He's looking into my soul right now. I, I feel. <laughs> I don't know I'm, I'm feeling something. It's, it's looking like pretty. he. It's like he's like John. Did you fart? <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah, what it's, he also, That is definitely not what I'm getting. He's either looking into your soul or he's wondering if you just farted. Yes, you. <laughs> anyway, guys. Question is for you. What do you think about this? We finally got some movement here. Some official movement going on on Blade. Do you like the addition? Do you like the casting? Who do you think he might be playing? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two, shall we? Aaron. What is our second main
3: topic today? Adi Debrea says, Hello from from Romania, John and crew. Oh, wow. I am a huge Christopher Nolan fan. Inception changed my life and Tenet changed it again. So when I saw that we have the first picture with Cillian Murphy as Oppenheimer, I got excited. What do you think about this picture and what do you expect from this movie?
0: All right. Thanks a lot for saying that, Dan. And listen, we all got pretty excited when we found out, well, number one, that Christopher Nolan was getting ready to embark on his new project, whatever it was going to be. Then we got excited again when we found out it was Oppenheimer. Story about the guy who developed the atomic bomb and then, you know, his, his struggles with the government at that point. It was like, this is a fascinating topic, a little bit outside of Nolan's normal wheelhouse, um, which is also exciting. But then we got excited again when we found out Murphy was going to be playing the lead role. And yeah, first image got released and look i it's a still image means nothing this could be the best or the worst movie ever made and this one image doesn't tell us that i got a little bit of smoking man vibes from the x-files yeah. <laughs> when oh, I looked yeah. at it a bit there but i don't care there's something about the way he slimmed his face out there mm. there's 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 like a coldness in the eyes as well the it screams the era Mm-hmm. It just looks really good to me. Anyway, this comes just from the folks at the Hollywood Reporter who said the following: uh, Killian Murphy is one of the fathers of the atomic is playing one of the fathers of the atomic bomb in the first look at Oppenheimer. Christopher Nolan's biopic of J. Robert Oppenheimer, the Universal feature which has started production in New Mexico, has also added. Listen to this cast, guys. Wow. Has also added Kenneth Branagh to the call sheet along with actor uh, Michael Angar. Angarano, I'm sure I'm mispronouncing that. The star-studded cast also includes Robert Downey Jr., Matt Damon, Emily Blunt, Florence Pugh, Rami Malek, Benny Safdie, Josh Harnett, Dane DeHaan, I love Dane DeHaan, Jack Quaid, who's becoming bigger and bigger all the time, Matthew Modine, Alden Ehrenreich, Solo, Han Solo is back. Alden Ehrenreich and David, going to mispronounce his last name, uh, Crumholtz. a Murphy will portray Oppenheimer, one of the fathers of the atomic bomb during the Second World War, who later found his loyalty to the United States questioned by hawkish government officials. This is the kind of movie that I'm a sucker for these oh, types yeah. of stories. What was the one with Brian Cranston where he was the screenwriter who got blacklisted? Oh, yeah, that was. Oh. And it remember, was it was his name. It was his, nickname. It was his last name. Na- yeah. Uh, yeah, and I can't. It's, it's, I can't remember. Now. Oh god, it's on the but ship in my But these tongue. kinds of oh. things, also the the recent Trumbo. Preview, Trumbo yeah. Also the recent um, uh, Meet the Ricardos kind mm. of had a little bit of this yep. in it too. I love these kinds of stories. With one of the most ridiculous, this and don't look up the casts, mm. like just ridiculously high caliber cast. The image looks great. I'm getting more and more excited about this. Anyway, Aaron, you had a chance to see the image. What do you think right now about the project as a whole, the cast, the picture we're seeing? How are you feeling about this?
3: Well, first of all, uh, Killian Murphy, excuse me for butchering his name earlier, uh, Killian Murphy, ever since he was Scarecrow, he has scared. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah. He, he has struck fear through my body <laughs> with a simple look. And in the same way that sharp objects... Was probably uh, was probably the best interpretation or pr- uh, portrayal of Munchausen syndrome by proxy. I believe that his portrayal of PTSD in the character of Tommy Shelby on Peaky Blinders is probably the best. Uh, the the best. Uh, portrayal of what PTSD actually is and the many, many ups and downs that people experiencing PTSD for whatever reason. I mean, it was so incredible, his performance. He has never ne- he's never done a project that I haven't been completely blown away by. He has excellent taste in his uh, projects and he's always brilliant in everything that he does. This to me is already screaming Oscar campaign. I mean, there's no way that it's not gonna be one of the front runners. If this does not, I, I'm saying this, and you know that my big thing is always story, story, story. It's never about who's in the cast, but already what I'm hearing from all of this, I cannot imagine that it's not gonna be something that we're gonna be talking about when we talk about best picture for 2023. Yep.
0: Look, even in some of his problematic stuff, like let's look at Tenant for a second. Story and script is never the weakness. Sometimes right. he goes a little bit, like a little bit too, but like he, Nolan always de- delivers either himself or the people he's working with. Story is always cornerstone. Yeah. And when you look at casts like this, you realize, well, yeah, of course these guys want to work with Christopher Nolan, but you know they all took a look at the script and everything first. Mm-hmm. And they were like, yeah. And of course, Murphy has worked with Nolan before, obviously in Batman Begins. Uh, he was in another one of the Batman films. He was in Dunkirk. Uh, I think he appeared in one other, too. So he's become one of Nolan's regulars. So this is really well, and exciting. and
3: also, to that point, when you talk about the people who go, Oh, I want to work with Christopher Nolan, there's a lot of big names in this. Yeah. Any one of them would have been like, Well, if I'm going to do a Christopher Nolan film, I want a star in it. Yeah. And none of them are the star. Killian Murphy's the star. So for them to that say- That says a lot. That says a lot. And, and there's no way that all of these mega stars are going to be leads in the movie. Some of them probably only have a scene or two and they're coming in just to, and so that also tells me that this is a project that people go, you know what? I don't care if I'm the star. I just want to be involved in that project. Yep. And that I'll tells you this. something.
2: You know, I, I, I just want to say that a lot of people are asking if you think this movie's going to be in black and white which I don't, I don't...
0: Oh, you know what? I, I didn't even consider that. Well, the, Because the poster that they released is black. One of them well, is black the, and white. The, Yeah, one's in black and white. One is in color. Uh, the still image is in black and white. I'm going to guess that if the movie was... And I'm just guessing here because I think that's a great question to ask. My guess is if the poster is in color, the movie will be mm-hmm. in color. That's my guess. But I, I totally understand. But what a great image, though. Yeah, for, since the yeah. picture is black and white, I, that's a good question and, to ask. And, and I do want to see Nolan... The, you know,
2: it's as horrible as a thing. It was the, the bomb actually, how he does it on screen is going to (gasps) be. Well, you know, it's going to
0: be powerful. Well, that's what I was going to say, because
2: he's shooting in New
1: Mexico. And you know, I I, 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 would, I, I am willing to bet somebody in his Practical office, effects. they looked into detonating an atomic bomb. Because after all, the first atomic bomb, it's a little it's the, the, the it's mega tender all. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just hey, cracker. you got an old uh, old piece of you know arsenal or whatever you can t- I am willing to bet you they've looked into that. They've talked about it. Christopher Nolan's like, why not? Well, you don't have to shoot the shoot movie it, there to do I'm gonna that. I'm going to shoot it in IMA- with IMAX cameras. Yeah. By yeah. the way, it, we've we've seen the same nuclear footage of bombs going off, the same battleships, the same... I think it's about time we had newly minted photography of an actual atomic bomb going off and shoot it with IMAX cameras from every direction. Why not? It's a small bomb, after all.
0: It's very small. But, but did, you guys,
3: that, did you guys see the, the series, The Manhattan Project, that was all about the yeah. lives yeah. of the people? That was a really... I mean, it's a fascinating story the fact that no one even knew what they were there to work on except for like a few people like the wives didn't know the other people unless you were it was an entire town that was built and this is a real story this actually happened in our history it's Did it's you
1: see the new story. twin peaks? No. I think it was episode 8. That has an atomic bomb in it. One of the greatest hours of television I've ever seen, but that was a good atomic bomb explosion. Well, let
0: me let me get to you here now about about first of all the image at all what you what your expectations are for the movie the cast list. What are you thinking?
1: Well, I, dude, I, I think this movie's good. Look, look at the last historical epic he made, Dunkirk.
0: That was oh, amazing.
1: I love, I love, I love Dunkirk. Dunkirk. The sound I mean, design in that was it's crazy. In, when
2: incredible. the bomb oh, incredible. Oh, incredible. incredible. Dunkirk Yeah, was, yeah I'm oh, so
3: glad that the sound design people got to actually be acknowledged for their <laughs> hard work during the Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. They're
0: going to be acknowledged.
1: <laughs> Touche. <laughs> oh, <God,
3: laughs> I'm a petty bitch. Oh, wow. go on forever, man. All right, back to you, Rob. Back sorry. to you, Rob.
1: I'm looking quite forward to it. No, I think it's going to be a great film. And by the way, how great is it that Christopher Nolan's one of the only directors in Hollywood that can mount this kind of a project at the studio level with this kind of a cast?
0: Well, you know, you're right about that because there's not many directors who can go to a studio today, propose this kind of a movie, and have the studio say, okay. But you're right now, Christopher Nolan found himself in a similar situation to James Gunn. Like when James Gunn found himself, himself involuntarily divorced from Disney... Every studio lined up and they all gave him pitches and ultimately Warner Brothers won that when Christopher Nolan had decided I've had enough of Warner Brothers and he said, I'm a free agent. Everybody lined up. This is how big this bidding war was. Netflix who had never done a theatrical exclusive release of one of their original movies. Mm -hmm. They put that on the table for Christopher Nolan. They told Nolan you make a movie with us, you'll get your full exclusive theatrical release, and then we'll put it on Netflix three months later, or, or however long later, right? That's how big of a bidding war it was. Somehow, someway, Universal ended up winning it, and now we're getting Oppenheimer. I just love the fact
1: that if if I were to walk into Warner Brothers, and I got a pitch meeting, <laughs> and I said, you know, I want to make a movie about Robert Oppenheimer and what the United States government did to him, I would be laughed
0: out of the room.
3: Oh. Well, you know what? I don't like that confidence level that's happening right here we're gonna have a talk after this well that's more of a commentary
0: on Warner Brothers than it is Rob I was
1: being a pragmatist I think I could actually pitch the hell out of that story with well, it sure consider- I think I- that
3: they would jump at the chance to work with you Robert Meyer Burnett uh, I well- don't think they'd be smart enough to jump at
0: the chance to work with Robert Meyer Burnett but anyway guys the question is for you what do you think of this you had a chance to see the image you've seen the cast list we're seeing this movie starting to come together. How are you feeling about it? Maybe it's not your cup of tea. It's not your kind of movie. Maybe you're thrilled and you can't wait to see it. Whatever you guys are feeling, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number three.
3: Aaron, what is our third main topic today? Dick writes to us and says, John and team, according to The Hollywood Reporter, when Paramount announced a new Star Trek movie with a J.J. Abrams cast, that was the first time any of the cast were hearing about it <laughs> the article made it seem that most of the cast was not even contacted about it prior to the wall street event personally i enjoyed these movies but to be honest they didn't do all that well at the box office based on this report and the fact that the previous movies didn't perform all that well at the box office do you even think that this movie is going to get made
0: all right thanks a lot for sending that in, Govi and uh yeah so this is uh this is an interesting one (laughs) this is interesting this is
1: uh year 13 of the star trek hostage crisis
0: so listen let me say up front for those of you who may not know i very proudly consider myself a fan of new star trek i like the jj abrams era star trek films (laughs) I, I, first of all, I, after crap talking them for two years from 2007 to 2009, I said, Star Trek is a dead franchise. There's no point in doing this stupidest thing to do, blah, blah, blah. And then they came out with Star Trek in 2009 and I loved it. I loved it. I even liked Into Darkness, not as much as the first one. And I re, I think Star Trek Beyond was the best one that they did. I'm a big fan of these things. I am. I like them very, very much. And I was excited about a fourth film coming when they talked Mm -hmm. about having chris hemsworth returning to play captain kirk's dad and we're gonna have chris pine and chris hemsworth together in it it's a very star trek kind of thing to do i love the idea of it i was all on board i got excited when i heard that maybe you know um uh why am i freezing on uh director's name uh jocelyn the director beyond no no they uh uh why am i freezing on one of the greatest director's names just did once upon a time in hollywood quentin Quentin Tarantino. tarantino thank you So I got excited when I heard Quentin Tarantino might get involved, even though I thought that was a a little bit of a weird fit, all that kind of stuff. So when Paramount did the other week, their big investors call, and they were rolling out stuff to show off and talk about, you know, and they had all the stuff about Yellowstone and things they're doing with certain areas of animation, what they're doing with their network and all. A lot of big, exciting stuff. Some very, very big, exciting stuff. And one of those big, exciting things they had was they had J.J. Abrams come out to talk about? We're doing Star Trek 4 We're doing it, and we're going to try to start shooting it by the end of the year. But most importantly, at least for the purposes of this topic, he said the original cast is coming back. My original, I mean, original to the 2009 film. I don't mean William Shatner. The original, although he cast, could, although he could, he'll <laughs> be 91 next month. Happy God birthday, left, Bill. Original cast come back. Cool, because that's important to hear. I mean, if they have to recast some people, that's fine. But I mean, the original cast has come back fantastic, <clears throat> and I was surprised to hear it. Apparently, I wasn't the only person surprised to hear it. The cast was surprised to hear it, <laughs> apparently they had no clue. Surprise! Surprise! This comes to us uh, from the folks over. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, this comes from. I don't. That's the wrong image to bring up right now. This comes to us from the folks over at uh, the Hollywood Reporter, who write the following. They said the following. First of all, under the subheading, why Paramount Star Trek sequel uh, reveal surprise its own stars. Sources say that most, if not all, uh, rep teams for the franchise's primary talent were not aware that an announcement for another film was coming, much less that their clients would be touted as a part of the deal during the Wall Street event. <laughs> on February what 15th... What a negotiating
1: <laughs> tactic that is.
0: Yeah, on March February 15th, Paramount, uh, formerly known as uh, C uh, B S announced that it would boldly go where it hasn't managed to go before, a fourth iteration of the stalled 21st century feature sh- uh, uh, strategy for the Star Trek franchise. During the Paramount Investors Day, <coughs> producer J.J. Abrams, who rebooted the sci-fi franchise for the big screen in 2009, which was, I think, a big win, revealed that the USS Enterprise was being readied for a new flight. We are thrilled, they said, to say that we are hard at work on a new Star Trek film that will be shooting by the end of the year that will be featuring our original cast, Abrams said. (laughs) The proclamation came as a surprise, not just to observers who have been watching the movie studio hauntingly to try to revive Trek on the big screen for years, but to the actors and their representatives as well. Sources tell The Hollywood Reporter that most, if not all, teams for the franchise primary players who include Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Simon Pegg, Carl Urban, Zoe Saldana, and John Cho were not aware that an announcement for the film was coming, much less that their clients would be touted as part of the deal. And certainly, not that their clients would be shooting a movie by year's end. Mm. Insiders say that Pine, who plays Captain Kirk, is the first to enter early negotiations that he uh, he is the linchpin to the project. All right. So, This is a very key paragraph right here about (laughs) why I kind of admire what Paramount did and why it was also monumentally stupid. The hope is to begin filming in the fall in order to make the December 22nd, 2023. They already gave a release date. Jesus. In order to make the December 22nd, 2023 theatrical release, the script is still being worked on according to sources and there is no green light or budget in place in fact, the budget will now likely have to account for talent deals that may be supersized. Industry insiders say that Paramount let go of negotiating leverage in order to have a key chess piece that it counts that it would court at its Wall Street investors thing. So let's let's get around to the ethics of this in a second. Paramount decided that since they have not negotiated this yet with their cast, they gave up any bargaining power they had. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, when you're trying to bargain with somebody for a price of a car, and you want the car, you make them think you could give or take the car. Mm -hmm. Eh, I don't know if I want the car. You come in there and say, oh my God, this is the greatest car I've ever seen. I must have it no matter the cost. Guess what? You got no leveraging power. You got no negotiating power anymore. They know they got you (laughs) right where they want you. So, on the one hand, I kind of admire... Paramount's gumption to say you know what? It's not about how much we got to pay these guys We're so confident this we're gonna say it And if that means we got to pay them more we got to pay them more. Hey, you know what good for you, but it was dumb as bricks It was dumb as bricks to do but let's get to the main heart of the thing here This is some kathy kennedy level shit Now my my and I admire kathy kennedy to a huge degree But the one problem i've always had with her was that she's never on the same page with her creative filmmakers with her screenwriters, with her directors, she's never on the same page with them. Hence, we've had so much turnover in the Star Wars universe. Thank God it worked with, you know, uh John and Dave and stuff like that. It worked with them, but it hasn't worked with a lot of them. To get up on a stage, this also reminds me a lot, guys, of what Warner Brothers did last year. When Warner Brothers got on, it made this big announcement, all these movies we got coming in 2021. Yeah, we're going to put them on day and date with uh, HBO Max. Mm. To which all the filmmakers said, what the hell are you talking about? You never told us this. That's not what we agreed <laughs> People to. People
1: that were still in production People making the theatrically still released features.
0: This is not what we agreed to. And here they are. Carl Urban sitting at home. <laughs> just got home from a long day of shooting the boys. Kicking up his feet. And to hear on television, apparently he's going to be on set by the end of the year filming another Star Trek film. There is something... So monumentally stupid about this. Oh, on many levels, John. It it calls into question their base level competency. Now look, I, I I get it. There could be an explanation here of look, they already know, for all we know, and I'm pulling I'm pulling stuff out of my ass here to try to rationalize this. For all we know. Hey, there's actually pre-existing contracts that these guys have from the previous films that they did, so we know we've got them under contract. Or, I, I mean, so we can make the announcement again. Maybe there's a five percent chance that that's the case, and even if that is the case, it's still the wrong move. Look, you come out and you tell the world that we are making the Star Trek movie, and end it there. Okay, all right. Because you've given yourself some flexibility there. Like, maybe you get a new cast. Maybe you do what the cast you want. You can come out and say, we are making a new Star Trek movie. Fine. But you come out and say, we are making a new Star Trek movie. And I'm pleased to tell y'all, Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, Simon Pegg, Carl Urban, Zoe Saldana. They're all coming back. <laughs> and you haven't even had that conversation with these people? It's like me before meeting Ann, getting on the internet and saying, I want to announce the world of my engagement to Jennifer Garner. And Jennifer Garner saying, who the fuck is this guy? Like, that's basically what just happened. And it is so egregious. Again, it, it goes beyond being a mistake. This is beyond being a fumbling of the ball. This calls into question the core competency of what these guys are doing. So much so that I've got to believe there must be some very key information behind the scenes that we don't know about yet. Like maybe they already did have a contract. We don't. I don't know. But if that's not the case, and it's probably not. This is one of the dumbest things I've ever seen a studio do. This is this is the dumbest thing. This ranks right up there with what Warner Brothers did, with Disney trying to rip off Scarlett Johansson. With I mean, this ranks right up there on that chart. Now before I go over to Robins, <laughs> uh, I want to talk to an actress here. Like <laughs> Aaron, they announced tomorrow. Bitch slap 2 starts shooting next week, and Aaron Cummings is coming back, and you've never even gotten a phone call about. But I
3: don't, I would I do just, it for free. You probably would. No, I really would. I had it. that. I, I loved it. I loved the people involved in it. I actually just saw the the producer this, this weekend introduce him to my baby. Chris Pine's manager but this no like you say yeah, that. My, yeah, My agents might <laughs> have no. This actually, I I think that the the comparisons that you used were great. However, <laughs> there's a better uh, there's a better analogy here. Not even analogy. That's the wrong word um this actually happened in 1985 um an actress by the name of sigourney weaver heard never heard of her heard that there was a sequel to her movie alien and it was called aliens and it was announced and she's starring in it and they're about to start production i didn't know this and no one bothered to tell sigourney they were like they were about to start i mean they were like months away from starting production I never knew this. they were building sets they they literally had just been like oh yeah we're doing this and they got so excited about doing the sequel to alien that they forgot to tell Sigourney Weaver about it so she's like cool i'll just you know let them tell me when they feel like it's important to let me know and because sigourney weaver is not just a brilliant actress but also a brilliant person and a brilliant business person. She went from a salary of $35,000 for the first Alien to a million dollars for the sequel and back-end points. She actually, she's quoted as saying that they they backed up a dump truck of money to my house. And that is essentially what's happening here. And if I can, if anyone knows anyone in the core cast of Star Trek, please, 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 not that I have any you know, skin in this game or it affects me in any way because it doesn't, I highly recommend collective bargaining I here. I was gonna say that. <laughs> because boy, oh boy, Chris Pine, I know that you're Captain Kirk and I know that you're kind of the main man, but boy, oh boy, you guys are all going to make a lot more money if you go in friend style and negotiate together. That's that's my recommendation. But yeah, this is exactly what Sigourney Weaver did. And it catapulted her from $35,000 to a million. Now, I know that by today's standards, a million dollars for a movie may not sound like a lot of money, but there's no way that she would have been paid that had they not screwed up royally. They would have been like, $35,000. Now we're going to offer you $350,000. And that's a pretty big jump. And the budget for
1: aliens was only about $18 million. And she probably
3: would have taken it. And she probably would have taken it, but you know what? Not after that. You know what? And so, so, so yeah, this doesn't really make sense. And even to address your point about there already, yeah, I'm sure that there are, you know, you don't sign a one-year deal to do a Star Trek movie. You sign like a seven picture deal or whatever it is. Three. but Oh, three. Thank you. But so if it's a three-picture deal, then clearly that does not include this one. And not only that, the, the, the line producer must be losing their mind right now because the logistics of puzzling all of these actors... <laughs> they don't again, even have They're Yeah, by script. their own their, yeah, they, so they their own have hired a li- now, line
0: producer yet. Now, now, I, I, I just crazy. want to throw one, one like, quick thing. I had a similar situation where I was leaving a company and I'm sure you guys will figure this out. I was leaving a company... I'll tell you, it was Collider. So, okay. I it was, it was I had decided that I was going to leave Collider, and I was leaving. And Lionsgate wanted to do this Comic Con HQ show, which uh, Rob you appeared on, and they made a, de- a production deal with Collider, and with with um, uh, what uh, Complex, the company behind Collider, Complex, that they were going to be the producers of this show, and they had a, it was there was big money on the line. They're they're making big money. So I was unhappy with something else and I, I decided I was gonna leave. Well, Complex and Collider had made the mistake of telling Lionsgate that, yeah, I'll be the I'll be the showrunner of this new show. <laughs> but I wasn't there anymore. So they literally they had they flew in vice presidents from New York to take me to the, uh, what's the big hotel in West Hollywood that were all the- The W? To, the W. They they took me to the W dinner and everything. We talked about it. And then I agreed to come back and I would do the, the Lionsgate show. So not quite the million dollars that Sigourney Weaver got. I had a little bit of, it, of
3: a similar story with Spartacus. When, really? Oh yeah, because um, uh, we were told sp- uh, Stephen DeKnight, um wanted me for wanted Sura for like eight episodes, and um, one of somebody at Stars had seen um, what was the the Dennis Leary firefighter show. Oh um, yeah,
0: something me. I think the word "me" is rescue is, is me, rescue, rescue me. me. There it is.
3: And didn't like the character of his dead brother that kept coming back. And the quote was, "No one's going to give a shit about the dead wife." And Stephen <laughs> tonight, being a brilliant writer, was like, "I promise you, they're gonna give a shit about the dead wife." And they kept being like, "No, no, no." So they knocked my contract from eight episodes down to five episodes. And my lawyer actually asked the eight, the, the business affairs person at Stars. Do you want to put in a contingency for if they end up asking her to come back for extra episodes? And she goes, They're not gonna ask her to come back for extra episodes, trust me.
0: And then you had to well, come back for extra so episodes. And so I got the
3: probably one of the worst deals in television history and uh, for the first five the five episodes. And then all of a sudden, Rob Tapper comes around the corner and he goes, Aaron, uh, we decided that apparently but uh, people really seem to like Sir and Spartacus, so we're gonna add you in a couple other extra episodes. And I said, Oh well, in that case, we're gonna have to have a conversation. So, unfortunately, I didn't get my million dollars either, but I got a little bit <laughs> of a bump. It's so. always nice. It gives you. It's always
0: nice when you get that. Uh, you know, negotiating leverage. Rob. Okay, look. <laughs> <laughs> right, here we go. Oh. I, I. I will temper
1: my comments and be very professional
0: like like we we all know look every everybody who watches the show knows I like the new Star Trek you're not a big fan of the new Star Trek whatever but they made this announcement it's like okay let's see and you want it to be great but now we're hearing that they made the announcement about the cast coming out without the cast actually knowing about it what's your reaction to this
1: first of all I have to say that since Star Trek Beyond has come out they have announced I think 10 iterations of this new Star Trek 4 film Noah Hawley from Fargo was signed on yeah they had they've had many directors and screenwriters now I don't know what their deals are but they've announced talent that has come on board this project to write and direct it they've probably got millions of dollars already against the budget of this movie from failed development for whatever iterations they haven't made so this Star Trek movie has been in active development where they've been spending money on it for years and, and let's, I, I could, at the same time, in the same earnings call, what they did not mention, and I understand because you've got two, you've got CBS, so it's different, but Don, you know what they didn't talk about in this earnings call? They have five Star Trek television shows now. Star Trek Discovery, Star Trek Picard, Star Trek Prodigy, Star mm. Trek Lower Decks, and starting in May, Star Trek Strange New Worlds. There was not a mention of any of those shows at this earnings call zero mention of them but i don't think they i don't think they felt they needed to well but it is part of the star trek franchise and what they're trying to do is bolster they're making all this star trek to make paramount and cbs um more available for potential buyers like an apple coming in to buy whatever but this star trek movie Um, having all of these iterations, it has been the boy who cried wolf for the last five years and for them to come on and make this was a desperate bid to bolster their stock price because everything else they said about how much money they're going to spend on streaming $6 billion. There's a reason that after this meeting happened, the next day, their stock price dropped 20%. What they told investors was smoke and mirrors. This was a lie everything that they said about how much they're going to spend and what they're going to make was a bunch of BS. This was just another part of that BS. And the fact that they rolled out JJ Abrams to say that we're making this movie without having a deal. If you're an investor in in, investing in a Mm -hmm. company, if they're going to do this kind of malfeasance on a public stage, why would you possibly want to invest more money into this company? That's why their stock price dropped, because they were lying about this and they were lying about the rest of the money that they're going to be spending to to make Paramount Plus uh, uh, competitive with Netflix. I, I,
0: I interject here. We have we here at the John Campy show are not in any way representing that we know for a fact that they were lying about anything so i just no. They, I, legally, I, legally i just need to cover our we're oh, we, oh, yes. we not we're not we're we're expressing opinion we're expressing all that of, okay. just, sorry just but, covering our bases but up. i okay
1: uh, maybe the word lying but they certainly were misrepresenting the facts because they hadn't entered into negotiations with they said everybody's yeah. coming back which was not true they they had not even talked to these people yet And it's like, and we weren't the only, I mean, I'm not the only one to notice this. Variety wasn't the only one to notice this. Investors, their stock price dropped 20% the next day. And and I'm like, this has been a problem with what's been going on at Paramount for the last five years. They got rid of Jim Gianopolis, one of the most respected executives in the business who ran the studio. I don't know what's been going on at Paramount. And Now you have Sherry Redstone has been battling for the soul of the company. They're trying to combine it and create Paramount Global. I think to get back to this, they're trying to force the hand of these actors by coming out and using their names in an investor call when they haven't even talked to those actors. That puts the actors in a very awkward position. It puts their management in an awkward position, their agencies in an awkward position, their lawyers in an awkward position. And it's it's unconscionable that
3: J.J. Abrams did this. I would love to be in that awful position i i'm gonna just i would love to I, be in- <laughs> I, I
0: will disagree with you on that one thing to, to me the idiocy of paramount here is the fact that they just gave all the power to the okay, actors i don't now, think they're in awkward positions now okay, they're but, now holding all the cards but
1: now let me say something else these star trek movies that j.j abrams have produced have been hideously expensive compared to their returns mm. the return on investment they spent i think 175 million reported on star trek beyond it grossed 350 million worldwide on $175 million spend before marketing. They're spending, and the same thing was true of Star Trek 09 and Star Trek Into Darkness. They didn't even make back, they, these movies are barely at break even if that, and, and they need to spend 125 million on a Star Trek movie and make 400 million, but they haven't been doing that. Star Trek Into Darkness, I heard, was almost $250 million and it grossed 400 and something. These Star Trek movies, as they've been making them, are hideously expensive, and they're not returning. They do Transformers for the same amount of money. They make a billion dollars. These Star Trek movies... It's this announcement is exactly like every other Star Trek. I just, announcement. I just
0: like how this topic has turned into festivus for Rob for airing of the grievances. Ro- Rob, Rob, just, Rob,
1: I'm say Rob. saying that this, the Star Trek franchise has been under siege since 2009. And Rob, I, I could, what?
2: you you sound very
1: unhappy, but
2: I want to let you know. I want to let you know. Wait, hold on. I want to let you know that I saved the seat for you on this Halo wagon that I'm about to drive at the end of this month. So if Star Trek doesn't make you happy. Let's find some love for Halo.
1: Come with I, me. You know what? Come God with me. God bless Paramount Plus for making Halo. They're going to see what a truly successful science fiction franchise can so. do for them.
3: So do you guys think that Star Trek 4 is even going to happen now? Like not, obviously it's not going to happen now. We're not. It's not going to happen. No, Joey, you, you not can on the table. I'll tell on you
0: on who it's up to. It's up to one person if this movie happens or not. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to get this sad. <laughs> no, you know, hey, no, you're, Hey, look, have you seen me? Uh, the one person that, that will totally hinge upon whether this movie actually gets made is Chris Pine, because they were they were ready to roll on Star Trek Four before, but under look the reality is the J.J. Abrams era Star Trek movies have made have have grossed more at the box office than most Star Trek movies ever have. Of course, but not they are a lot more budgets. expensive. But 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 also they've been very very expensive films to make. So understanding that when they were originally trying to get rolling on uh, Star Trek Four with Chris Hemsworth and Chris Pine. Paramount went to Chris Pine and Hemsworth, apparently, but Pine was the important one and said, look, we need to spend less money on making these movies because, you know, Star Trek isn't Star Wars. We need to negotiate your salary down. And Chris Pine, fully within his rights, said, "Mm, no, I don't think so. (laughs) And so the movie got pulled. Now, there's been a lot of word that when that story was going on, that the rest of the cast was going to follow Chris Pine's lead on this. And if Chris Pine had taken a pay cut, Everybody else would have been railing to take a proportional pay cut as well. Chris Pine said, "Nope, I don't think so. And so the movie didn't get made. Understanding that just makes it even more stupid what Paramount just did. Because you just gave Pine, who already had way more negotiating power than you do, he now, they just gave him a butt ton more. And now Chris Pine, because it comes down to this, if Chris Pine does not want to do this movie, this movie doesn't get made. It's just that simple. And so if he agrees to it, and they, they, the story in Hollywood Reporter says he's in early negotiations. If he agrees to it, I will say very confidently this movie will get made. But I'm not convinced he'll agree to it. Not after what we saw what happened before.
1: Also, with all the development, if you go back and you look at everybody that's worked on this film already, iterations of Star Trek IV, the writers and directors who have come and gone, and they still don't have a script?
0: You're announcing a release date for a movie, you don't have a script for. Well, what they're trying to do, <laughs> like they're trying to
1: do with the the shows they've been making, is use the name Star Trek mm-hmm. as a ubiquitous brand name, and they're trying to make it like Star Wars or like Marvel. And so that's why they've been producing so much Star Trek. By the way, the television shows Star Trek Discovery is one of the most expensive television shows ever made. Not Lord of the Rings expensive, but one <laughs> no, of the most no, expensive shows ever made. And if you look at the ratings, even new episodes of Star Trek Discovery as of last week are number 10 on Paramount Plus's wow. viewership. It, it there's there's network shows that have been brought over to Paramount Plus. Yeah, but that's Plus the that same
0: do- with that's the same with Netflix. That's the same. Like we talked about that before where all these yeah. streaming things, their top shows are all network shows. Sure. But this whole, the same Hollywood Reporter article is pointing out that they've had a lot of success and gained a lot of subscribers because of these shows. Blah blah blah, but the, you're right. They got to get their cost to benefit ratio worked out. It, it has been too expensive, but again, I, that that's that's business. That's numbers. You can work that out. You're making announcements that you have no business making announcements for, and and that's the part to investors to to investors in the world. <laughs> and, the, and the interesting and it didn't thing work. is that this isn't <laughs> just like work. it's
3: just like when you see a a really just a tragic advertisement for something where you go, you know what? This wasn't one person's decision. This went through multiple chains of command. Numerous people had to sign off on this and not a single person went, hey, wait a minute, guys, don't you think, don't you think, every single person went, yep, sounds good, let's go. <laughs> like that, that, wasn't, that, that wasn't a J.J. Abrams call. That wasn't just a bad robot call. That wasn't just, you know, a singular person. That was numerous people who would just thought this was a good idea. Well,
0: at some point, you know what I I, I can picture is that at some point in one of these meetings, uh, Bill, give Pine a call. And what Bill heard was, Bill, I'll give Pine a call. It's like, I thought you were going to call them. I thought you were going to call them. Anyway, guys, the question is for you. We need to move on here. The question (laughs) is for you. I haven't moved on in years, John. We're still waiting for Rob to move on. Uh, The question is for you guys. What do you think about this whole situation? Again, we are seeing some studios, Warner Brothers, Disney, and Paramount making some really bonehead moves that is beneath their station. To me, this is one of them. What do you guys think about this? Do you think there could be another explanation, like a piece of information that might make this all make sense? For their sake, I sure hope so. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down to the comment section below and let us know (laughs) your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down... Let's move into our final main topic today,
3: Aaron. What is our last main topic today? This is from Sam Wise. Hi, John. With Doctor Strange and the Multitude of Madness less than 2.5 months away, I'm kind of surprised how little we know about it. When you think about it, Spider-Man had major leaks over a year before the movie ever came out. With Strange, all we really know that all we really know has come from the trailers. How do you think they've been able to keep such a highly anticipated movie so close to the vest? Thanks.
0: All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And, uh, yeah, we've been talking a lot about Multiverse of Madness lately and all the things that are coming. The fact that, again, I cannot emphasize this enough, Ryan Reynolds is not in this movie. That's a 100% guarantee. doesn't matter if you believe it or not, but he's not in it. Uh, could, will we hurt, we saw reports of maybe Wolverine popping up, which would make more sense, but I don't know if that's true either. Obviously, maybe Chris pe- Pine is Captain Kirk. Maybe Chris <laughs> Pine will come from his Multiverse. The Enterprise will fly in, Um but so there's a lot of stuff that obviously patrick stewart popping up in in the uh, in the trailer as picard as, as picard um and of course uh you know it's it's caused a lot of discussion obviously a lot of people very excited we're now less than two and a half months away from this thing so are february march april yeah two and a half months from dr strange the multiverse of madness we're all getting really really excited and you're right with spider-man no way home There were the first reports about Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire being in that movie came out and started hitting the outlets a year, over a year, before the movie ever debuted. There were even reports about Charlie Cox being in it like six months before the movie ever came out. There was, of course, the video footage of Andrew Garfield on set in the Spider-Man thing in front of a green screen. There was all that. Then there were the pictures that I put out that, I mean, man, just look at Toby's dick, man. It's a fake picture. No, it wasn't a fake picture. But I
3: know before, don't long don't know. before, long before. No, no, I'll explain to I? you later. Okay, thank but you. Long
0: <laughs> before this movie ever came out, there was tons of information coming out about it and all that kind of stuff. They have done a much better job of keeping things under wraps with Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness. Now, I should point out <clears throat> this is kind of a, a topic we're putting on here just because the, the John KB show is not a new show. We are a community. This is this is a community. You guys and us, we get together every day. We talk about stuff. So I did want to let you guys know about something. Without going into details and without giving any spoilers away. But I want to tell you about something that happened as a community. Okay. This is not that we're gonna we're not gonna post this on Twitter or anything like that. But so here's the thing. I got contacted. And given some information about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Let me let me rephrase from some information to a lot of information about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. <clears throat> so much so that I thought, well, that's really interesting. We're gonna do that as a topic today on the John Campia show. Because it's a fun thing to discuss. Probably not real, probably not true, but we're gonna discuss it. It'll be fun. And then I remembered my Spider-Man situation. <laughs> And I didn't think the pictures were real either. I thought, you know what? I'm gonna email two people. Two people completely in the know. And I wrote to them and I said, Hey, look, I don't know if this information is legitimate or not. I just thought it was interesting, kind of like you know, the the Wolverine stuff we talked about. Uh, here's exactly here are the pictures I have. Because there were pictures too. I know. Here are the pictures I have. And here's some samples of the information I have. And I just wanna give you the heads up that I'm probably gonna be talking about this on my show today, right? And both of them in different wordings got back to me and basically said, and I'm paraphrasing here, yeah, it might be a good idea if you don't, if you just, I'm gonna need you in office space terms. I'm gonna need you to go ahead and not talk about that on your show, was basically the response. That I got for both. So, earlier today, um, I showed those images and the information to the people in this room. Except me. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks a lot, John. Since Ray was late wait, coming wait. in, you had no objections. You had so I'm just kidding. no objections.
4: Are you
1: kidding? So, show me, show me, show me.
0: So, I uh, I showed the images and I, I revealed... The bulk of the information, the people coming into the office this morning, and I will not reveal any of it here, just like it's, it's going to say in the segment of this. If you look in the script, you say no spoilers here. I'm not going to r- reveal any of it, but we will say that we know what happens in Doctor Strange, too.
1: But I will say this. If we had talked, if we had said what we now know, right? people would have hated us forever.
0: Yeah, oh sure again but forever but that's why i wrote to these guys first because that was smart and i I thought it was the same thing as the wolverine story right like the wolverine stories out there oh let's talk about whether this could be real or not and i looked at this stuff like okay this will be fun to talk about probably not true but i thought i should double check and i double checked and i found out oh yeah yeah, no, 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 John, you shouldn't talk about this. By the it's way, okay, we're not.
1: it's so fucking rad.
0: Okay, that's that's <laughs> the thing here. That's the point. Now, the reason I'm, I'm, I give you that whole preamble <laughs> yeah. and tell you about this is because ain't nobody is going to be disappointed with what we've got coming. Bruh. It was so good. And, and I'm not saying good as in, Oh, you know, the enterprise show. I'm not talking about dumb little stupid sh- jingle your keys cameos. Look audience cameo yeah, cameos. No. I'm not talking no, about no, that. No, no. I'm talking about what apparently is happening in this movie is so exciting. And I had a massive grin on my face. And like when I was when I was showing it to Rob, I'm like, "Dude, blah 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 blah." Uh, uh, and Rob's <laughs> like, "Bro." And I'm like, "And blah 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 blah." Dude, "blah blah blah blah." I mean,
1: yeah, man. And now we're being now we're rubbing it in. Now we're being dick. But
0: no, what no, what we're here for our community, what we're trying to hear and do is just is just to express to everybody say, look, we had the opportunity to see and hear some stuff. And the stuff we have seen and heard is very exciting. Mm-hmm. And I, I think it bodes for all of us, all of us who are looking forward to see Doctor Strange in the multiverse of madness. I think there is a I, I'm just telling you, I believe there's a lot of reason to be very, very excited and to really have a have uh, get really stoked for this movie you know
1: i gotta say did you get an email from our friend cliff last night cliff stevenson no i didn't hear from cliff last cliff night. sent me cliff stevenson's one of our good friends he's a he's a dvd content producer award-winning he did a great documentary on the making of knives out mm. he actually wrote me a very heartfelt email and he said you know do you guys have to talk about dr strange so much and he said <laughs> he said you're talking about it you know everyone's talking about the cameos and and he's like why don't you not talk about it anymore and just let the movie happen. Like we kill these things, we 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 talk about them to death. Mm-hmm. We speculate, and by the mm-hmm. time you go see the movie,
0: you're you're setting. What did you call it? Expectation. Yeah, uh, it's 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 fine for to to engage in speculation. Just don't let your speculation become expectation. Oh, yes, I like that. I, li- I would just say this: <laughs> I wish
1: that we didn't know what we know, but I would suggest to everybody. Don't read another thing about Doctor Strange right. and the Multiverse of Madness, except when the tickets go on sale and get your ass into the theater at the very first showing because it's fucking rad.
0: Uh- See, I've always been the type of guy that it it doesn't really bother me that much. Like it's to me, it's not knowing the story, it's seeing the telling of the story. Like that's what it's like. I, you know, I agree with you. So that's just me. So I'm and I know a lot of our viewers are like are are like ravenous and will hunt online for whatever they can find, but I agree with Rob. If you're, like, already completely satisfied that you are 100% down to go watch this movie, yeah, you don't have to go and read or watch anything Yeah, I wouldn't... I don't want to know... I I, want to know nothing... I want to pretend this
2: day didn't happen, except my Star Trek rant, and I almost cried. I'll remember that. I want to bring up that thing that you just said, like, with the expectations (laughs) Yeah, don't
0: let your speculation become expectations.
2: You know, when we went into uh, No Way Home, I, for some reason, I tried to block all that out, but for some reason, I wanted venom to be in that final fight scene yeah and when he didn't appear as you know i'm only human i was a little disappointed yeah i don't think like, you're i wrong. was a I little and i was like oh i thought he would be the one punching lizard you know what i mean or whatever um so like that's that's how like even the people who try to deny that it happens it's still mad it's, about it's human. not showing up in wandavision <laughs> everybody's on still mad about
0: the hell but right, yeah, come on, I get it. I get it. So- but yeah, I, and and you're right though, because like I kind of thought that you know what if it's not the three Spider-Man? what if it's you know Doc Ock fighting with him, which it did turn out they were he fought alongside of them. What if it's Tom Holland Spider-Man and then it's Doc Ock punching Electro or what one, one guy and it's uh, Venom, Venom punching, no. uh punching who was he punching? Uh, Ele- no, what no, like no Lizard. What it what if it's uh and yeah, I said, but again, it's fun to speculate. But then you got to take all that speculation and throw it away. You got to throw it away when it's time to watch the movie and then just go in with a clean slate and just say, whatever the movie wants to show me, show me, and we'll evaluate it on its own merits. Or put, it's put tough it to in your that. fanfic.
3: What's that? Put it in your fanfic.
0: Yeah. Yes. I th- <laughs> I <laughs> thought you said put it in your dick pic. Put it in a dick
3: pic like, what, what and, and slide it into with? my DMs. I am
0: very happy to hear about that. <laughs> Just
3: kidding, you have some Wow, picks, slide I don't your dick
4: pic
2: into my DMs.
3: That's dirty I do not I'm I'm I I want to see that. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I am very happy to
2: hear that it's going to be bonkers, but that's all I want. I really, do. Yeah, by I, the way, I do know that
3: it's the multiverse of madness. I just have mom brain and literally MO, I see mom and I'm like, what does that stand for? Multi- mom, I multi- multitude. I did. And so I say multitude of madness. So sorry for the little <laughs> brain part there.
1: I, I did find it interesting. I didn't know that they actually shot this movie on location in the multiverse. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah,
0: it's Christopher Nolan recommended after he set off an atomic bomb. For I mean, yeah, I, I just not believe it.
3: I'm just really shocked at who I saw wearing jeans. <laughs> well, okay, no, yeah, I mean, let's listen. Okay, okay, that's a spoiler. Sorry, some Pete but somebody. similitude. Somebody but, but, is wearing denim. But and that's, that was that oh, was part
0: say. of the conversation. We was like, they're wearing jeans. That's it, <laughs> but we're not going to say anything
3: else. <laughs> not going to say who, but not someone's wearing else. denim. But
0: uh, look, uh, all of this was just for us to say. It's like. As our as our community, that we we got to see and, and read a bunch of stuff that is real, and we're just telling you, we're real excited to see this movie. We're really really excited to yeah, see Doctor The Multiverse of uh, Madness. I just wish I hadn't now though. I'm sad. Anyway, guys, the question is for Knowing you. Knowing is not half the battle. GI <laughs> Joe. Questions for you guys. What are you guys feeling right now? Where has your anticipation level for Dr. Strangeman? I mean, just because there's been a lot of talk doesn't necessarily mean there's been a lot of excitement. Have you been excited? I know I've been excited, but not as much as I am now. However you guys are feeling about it, jump down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's hear from the last sponsor of today's show, the good folks over at Liquid IV. We want to take a minute and thank the sponsors of this video, Liquid IV. Now listen, just one stick of liquid IV added to 16 ounces of water will hydrate you faster and more efficiently than just water alone. It contains five essential vitamins like B3, B5, B6, B12, and of course vitamin C with three times the electrolytes as traditional sports drinks. And what makes liquid IV so effective is the science of cellular transport technology or CTT. You see, it's designed to enhance rapid absorption of water and other key ingredients into your bloodstream faster and more efficiently. It tastes great and it's a great thing to take when you feel run down, you need your daily hydration boost or even a little bit of hangover recovery. You know Ann and I get up pretty early in the morning to go to the gym because we can't go to the gym at any other time during the day and for the last couple of weeks I have been drinking one full glass of water with Liquid IV and all I can tell you is you can feel the difference during the workout. So go and grab Liquid IV in bulk nationwide at Costco or you can get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Campia at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you use the promo code Campia, that's C-A-M-P-E-A at liquidiv.com. Experience better hydration today when you go to liquidiv.com. And remember, use the promo code at checkout Campia. All right. And a big thank you to the folks at Liquid IV for helping make today's episode of the John Gabby Show possible. Okay, guys. With that down, let's now move on and start hearing your live comments and questions, shall we? That you guys have been firing in, and we're gonna get started off here with one from James Argenta. Oh no, yes, James Argenta writes over under thirty percent McDermott or Neeson or in Kenobi. You probably mean are in Kenobi. I'm gonna go over thirty percent on Liam Neeson. I mean, there we were at Star Wars Celebration a couple years ago, and one of the guys who did a like, kind of video message was Liam Neeson and that made us speculate. Maybe he's open to getting involved again. And if he was going to pop up in anything as a force ghost and Obi-Wan would make the most sense. So I'll go over 30% on that chill, uh, level T TV or something, right? Uh, finished watching warrior. Andrew Koji is a beast. If you guys have not watched warrior, follow chills lead and watch it It's absolutely wonderful. All right. Andy writes Uh one of five. Oh, this is going to be hard. Uh, I looked at my finances. <laughs> Uh, add in this super chat tip. I've spent $700 on your show since the start of since the start of 2022. Uh, I'm still much more than financially fine, um, but like you, John, I'm cheap and have a strong financial principle since I was young. Seeing that I've spent that much on your show in less than. Uh, in less than two, two months, I'd say it'd be best to cut back since I'm Catholic and Ash Wednesday is next week. I thought I would give, a, give up giving Super Chats to your show and for Lent, 40 days. Uh, it would be hard, but I thought uh, I could fight the temptation that is John Campia. However, um, that's, that's a mantra many women around the world have offered. I, <laughs> uh, I realized that Batman, the Batman Open Spoiler discussion uh, is next weekend, and I want to tip. I've, no, it won't be next weekend. It'll be the weekend after that. Because remember, we're seeing it at the advanced screening, but a lot of people won't be able to see it till the 4th, so it will be the following weekend that we do an open spoiler discussion for it, just so you know. Discussion next week, and I want a tip. I failed before I even began because that campy is too damn irresistible. No, Giovanni, too sexy. There's a little bit of Antonio Banderas in there. Yeah, so just, just to be clear, and first of all, Andy, and by the way, I say this to everybody. You guys who have watched my show for any period of time have heard me say this before, uh, but let me say it again here. While I love and adore and I've had to privately write some of you guys know I've had to privately write some of you behind the scenes. While I love and adore and so appreciative of people who support our channel like what with whatever they can that's great. But never Send in what is beyond your total easy discretionary funds. I've literally had, Rob, you know this, I've had to write to people before when I've been concerned about how much they've sent into the show and say, "Uh, listen, I just want to make sure you're not putting, you're not spending money supporting our show that you should be spending on rent or anything like that. So unless
1: you earmark it for Hot Toys for me specifically.
0: Unless the money is specifically designated for Rob's Hot Toys. Exactly. Um, But so, so thank you for putting that in, Andy. But yeah, again, remember we are not going to do an open spoiler discussion for the Batman movie following the March 1st viewing. There's no point in that. We're going to do it after it opens on March 4th, which makes that the dumbest thing I've ever said, because that's the same weekend. So yeah, yeah, that, that weekend, next weekend, we're going to be talking about this. So uh, I just, just, just remember, it's not coming days after the first, it's coming days after the fourth, but you're right, it's that same weekend. All right, next up, uh, Danito writes, the more I think about it, the more I realize how perfect Sam Raimi is for Doctor Strange 2. Also, ahem, Toby, hoping both make their Hollywood comebacks. Well, again, there have been, there have been whispers we've talked about it on the show that maybe a Toby Maguire pops up in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Right now, it looks like almost anybody other than Ryan Reynolds uh, could be popping up in Multiverse of Madness. But Rob, you know, we talked about this, that Sam Raimi... You know, when we look at the the, the nature of the horror aspects of it, but some of the bonkersness, look, we all liked the idea of Sam Raimi directing this when they announced it. But he's right. The more we think about it, and you brought this up yourself the other day, the more we think about it, it makes more and more sense that Sam Raimi's the director of this movie.
1: <coughs> well, I mean, you look at, obviously, as an Evil Dead fan, and I have a screen credit on Army of Darkness, somebody posted a picture, an, a poster for this movie that was a riff on the Army of Darkness poster with Ash with the chainsaw, but it was Stephen Strange and Wanda. It was a really great, I don't know if Boss Logic did it or whatever, Is great. But I think, you know, if you look at his filmography, he didn't just work with Kevin Feige on the Spider-Man movies he previously directed, but if you think about what he's done, I mean, a simple plan that the adaptation of the book is a very serious uh, thriller. He's done Dark Man, which is a bonkers superhero movie as well. Uh, the Evil Dead movies. He's a fantastic filmmaker who has a previous relationship with Kevin Feige. I think this is a perfect choice to direct this movie.
0: All right. Next up, uh, where are we at? here? Mike Joyce, who writes, uh, is it true that Francis Ford Coppola is spending 120 million on, of his own money on a passion project? I've not heard that, but I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised. It's It's called
1: Megalopolis. There's a whole
0: article on GQ about it. Talking about that for ages.
1: There's a great interview with him in the new GQ. Um, It's a very extensive interview where they go into his history and and his financial history with the movie business. And he says, look, no one's going to make this movie except me. And he's putting a 100, because he's made a fortune in the wine business. So,
0: well, not a lot of people know that at Lucas Ranch, there is a vineyard that George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola planted, so he's well, being in
3: the wine. Coppola's group. wine
0: is it's actually pretty good. Yeah, he
1: took the old Inglenook uh, mm-hmm. v- v- uh, winery over in Napa. Yeah, he has a huge, giant compound there, and
0: and what a lot of people like forget <clears throat> about too is Francis Ford Coppola is also the producer of one of my favorite horror movies of the past like 25 years, which is. Um, now I'm freezing on the name of it, the one with Justin Long, um, with the uh, Jeepers Creepers. Oh,
3: But here's Uh, my question. Why why isn't anyone interested in... Why why is he saying... I didn't read the whole GQ article I saw. Why why does he think that no one is going to put up the money for this movie?
0: I don't think anybody thinks he can make money. It's the same reason why I think Francis Ford Coppola had to take a number of his projects to Apple because the studios weren't were yeah. willing to put up the money because so they didn't think it would get a return. He
1: couldn't even explain to the interviewer exactly what it was about. The The guy writing the article said, I, I think it's this. It's, got, it's a romance thing. It's about... It's set in New York, but it's an alternate New York, and... Uh, by the way, it.
0: speaking of Francis Ford Coppola, I'm going to see The Godfather on the big screen for the first time in my life. Whoa, where? Uh, it, they were re-releasing it for its uh, 50th fiftieth anniversary. Yeah. For its 50th anniversary, they are oh, re-releasing cool. it. So yeah, I'm excited oh, about that. Oh, that's really right. beautiful. Let's keep going here. Next up, we got Matt who writes, uh, going to Spider-Man for the last time in theaters today since it will be gone soon. Uh, it's my favorite theater experience by far. I cried and laughed a lot. I mean, and Matt, what are movies, and I always tell you this, What are movies, but experiential events. And when you can go to a movie like that and you can have that kind of experience, it sticks with you, it gives you joy. And that was a great example of it. I hope you have a good time at it, Matt. Uh, Stubble McShave writes, I was surprised to see Spartacus not being nominated for Best Picture in 1960. Do you think Ben-Hur winning 11 the year before uh, affected another history epic? Well, look, here's the thing that everybody always forgets about Academy Awards. Movies are not in a vacuum. There's other movies that are competing again. So I would need to sit down and see what was the list. What were the movies that did get nominated that year? And by the way, some movies come out and it takes them a while to be as appreciated as they are. When Shawshank Redemption came out, it wasn't instantly recognized as one of the greatest cinematic achievements in the history of mankind. But today you're hard pressed to find a lot of legitimate top 10, top 15 lists that don't include Shawshank Redemption. The
3: Apartment. Elmer Gantry, Sons and Lovers, The Sundowners, The Alamo. Another thing is that some of these movies stand the test of time in different ways. Yes, movies that are really relevant at the time that they're nominated or even the time that they win Best Picture may not have the relevancy, you know, 70 years later. Yep. Um, so I think that for for whatever reason, Spartacus, the film with Kirk Douglas, does. One of, of my
1: all-time favorite films. Well, I think one. The Apartment actually won, didn't it?
3: I think so. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Next up. Uh, We've got, uh, we're we're at Abraham Riz, uh, Riz, who writes, one or two. I got quite the double feature this Friday. Going to go watch one of the GOAT, the Godfather for the first time ever, I might add. Then, then nothing. Okay, so I I can't spend all day searching around. By the way. You're seeing it for the first time. Super jealous about that, Abraham. I'm going to see it for the first time on the big screen. Obviously, I've seen it many times on the small screen. I hope you have a blast. I can't wait. If you're a film fan, go on to watch what some cinephiles believe is the greatest film of all time. It's a good thing. All right. Glenn Mark writes, uh, truly sorry. I annoyed you on Movie Club, John. Oh, you didn't annoy me. I just remember that. We just didn't know what you were talking about. But that, that's the thing it wasn't annoying we just didn't know what you're talking about i generally thought marvel dc jokes worked i'm gutted and apologize only meant to bring, bring smiles again no it was just we that's the thing about the typed word you hear it in your head as you're writing it out but sometimes it doesn't it just doesn't that click. was
1: the guy who sent the jack of hearts joker yes, card joke. yes yes
0: yes i mean that's and a number look, of the others yeah we yeah you have was,
1: to know the jack of hearts as a character in the marvel but that was just anthem. the one
0: message he said right. in several like, i we just didn't know what you were going for i always I always actually feel bad when people write in something and I read it and I go, okay, hold on a second. Let me start that again. And I have to read it again and I have to read it again. And I just go, guys, I'm sorry. I don't know what it is you're trying to say. So it was just that we didn't get you what you're going for, Glenn. No apologies necessary. All right, Casey Mack writes, one of two. Um, lots of news came out these past two days. Fred uh, Heshinger has been cast as Chameleon in Sony's upcoming feature film, *Craven the Hunter, which we already talked about this morning. Very excited about that. And, uh, yes, it's just casting news, but I'm excited the Spider-Man universe is still doing villains they haven't covered in the past. Well, it's just casting news, but one of the exciting things to me of it is that casting news just shows that everything is still in motion. Because mm-hmm. sometimes in Hollywood today, you don't know when a movie just gets shelved and it just very quietly goes away. It's always good to see these things are still in motion. All right, seconds from Disaster Writes, two. Hi, John and crew. Everyone is speculating the Illuminati and Doctor Strange Two but Marvel released an Avenger shirt for the Doctor Strange Two merch saying uh it's multiversal Avengers do you think this is what we are seeing in the trailers no I think I think the the trailer the the um I think it's very clear where it's the Illuminati I think it is very very clear it's the Illuminati so but yeah I think that's a fun shirt and everything and who knows we could be wrong we'll find out when the movie I'd wear comes that out. shirt. I, I would wear it, that shirt too. Did you guys happen to see the new TV spot? No, but I heard you. like let Wanda. Yeah. There's a like a dark Wanda in it or something like that. that. I'll have to go and check that Maybe I don't we'll wanna talk wanna about it tomorrow.
1: I don't want to see anything. I don't well, want to hear We're probably going
0: to have to talk about it on the show tomorrow. I know. Sorry about that. You fact. know what? I always used to have that conversation with John Schnepp sometimes. Where like we were doing movie talk, and that's our job. And I remember, John, like, it would always, almost for every movie, Schnepp would, like, say, oh, man, I'm not going to watch the next trailer for that. And, like. You kind of have to. This is our job, John. <laughs> <laughs> you I'm, I'm, you, you got to watch it so we can talk about it on the show. And he
3: would always go, yeah. yeah <laughs> there was an actress that I worked with who I will not mention because she's on a very popular show that we what that we talk about a lot here. And I remember um uh, one of the other actresses and I were saying, hey, if you ever like want to run lines and rehearse together, let me know. And this one actress said, oh, I don't do that. I don't like to rehearse. I like to keep it fresh. And we kind of looked at her and we're like, <laughs> what, what do you mean you don't rehearse? And she goes, no, I just like to do it in the moment. And then a few minutes later, she was talking about how much she wanted to do theater. And I go, you do realize that to do theater, you kind of got to do it over and over and over and over again. So... It's kind of funny when someone says, "Oh yeah, I don't really want to do that," but it's your job. Yeah, but but it's it's kind, of, it's what kind, of, it's it, kind it, of what it's we do. It is our job. We got to kind of job. do
0: it. Poverty. Right. Uh, let's see. Next up, we have oh boy. With all these numbered ones, it's hard to remember. Everyone's uh, spike. Okay, there we go. Uh, Andy, we covered. Uh, Bam, a ham, yum. Writes. I spent the last hour learning the peacemaker dance, and I finally feel like my life is complete. Oh my god. <laughs> greatest thing ever somebody brought up on the show the other day that they think that was actually a mimicking of the movements of the aliens in the space invaders game. yeah
1: i believe that which at I,
0: first is like that's ridiculous but then you think about the movements in the space invaders game and i am think well maybe that's, that's part true. of my
1: head cannon now i believe that's, that's true and that's exactly can- what's going on
0: yeah so i don't know maybe it is maybe it doesn't we'll find out all right uh next up logan james kyniston writes hey john when it comes to the goat of acting conversation surely it's all it's the all-time record holder, Catherine Hepburn, with 12 nominations and four wins. I mean, I it, it's difficult because how do you measure up wins? How do you measure errors? It's kind of like the discussion with athletes. Like, how do you measure an athlete like a Wilt Chamberlain to a LeBron James or even to a Michael Jordan? Like, it's, it's difficult comparing eras and stuff like that. Who was but- better in Space Jam? <laughs> Who is better in Space Jam? I, I wasn't a big fan of either of them. To be no, honest. me neither. Uh, I was just it. kidding. But yeah, then the conversation became up a lot more. Usually when we talk about the GOAT conversation, like to me, there's only one clear GOAT, and that's Daniel Day-Lewis. Like to, to me, that's that's it. It's every other film he appeared in, he got at least a nomination and normally a win as an Academy Award. But, and then he did very, very few pictures. And then you get, but the the conversation for GOAT in the actress category has really been heating up the last few years. Because obviously for the longest time, the reigning person is Meryl Streep, right? With like, with it's- She what has up?
3: 21 nominations and three wins. Yeah. Conversely, Daniel Day-Lewis has six nominations and three wins. Right. Now, granted, he doesn't do as many projects.
0: Very few, yeah. Right.
3: But then one would make the argument that well, I'm not going
0: to. So, so on the on the actor side, to me, it's it's clearly Daniel Day-Lewis. Again, I think his performance in There Will Be Blood is the greatest performance I've ever seen in a movie. On the on the actor side, the reigning champ is is Meryl Streep. But in recent years, more people have been coming into that conversation. Francis McDormand, who very quietly has won three, mm-hmm. has won three, and now Olivia Coleman has been nominated three out of the last four years. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I said this before, in sports, we call that a dynasty. So that, like to me on the actor side, is still a lone one horse race. It's, it's Daniel D. Lewis On the actor side, it's a very interesting conversation.
3: Well, and also I think the one thing, one of the things that has to be taken into account is the fact that there are, are a lot of people who have been eliminated from stories historically. And so are we going, when we're talking about goats of performance, are we talking about wins exclusively? You know, I mean, we had earlier a conversation about the validity of Academy Awards and what they actually even mean. If we're just going by Academy Award nominations and wins, that's one conversation. But I don't, I would not put goat cat conversation in the same is the same thing as Academy Award nominations and wins. I would make that totally separate. I, I but
0: then think, again, it's all subjective anyway. Yeah, I don't. I don't think one is directly. I don't think it's a cause and effect. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's. I think Daniel Day Lewis is the greatest actor to ever live. By the way. He's won three Academy Awards. He's nominated, for, I think, in 50% of the movies that he ever appeared in his career and blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So that's almost but more But the anecdotal. question that
3: wrote in specifically was talking about Catherine Hepburn being the GOAT because of the right. number of now, nominations he When you he understand,
0: missed. too, in the Academy Awards, like we talked about this, the Academy Awards, it's your peers. it's It's actors. It's professional actors who recognize you. And I would argue that if your peers, other professional actors how many times did they say 17 or 14 times whatever however many nominations she got that 12 times sorry 12 times your peer said you're one of the best this year and four times her peer said you are the best this year Mm -hmm. that counts for something oh absolutely i'm not
3: trying to discount the validity of that i just i wonder is the the way to quantify it certainly would be by nominations and wins but there is a very real coverage It's more than that. It's, and, it's so much more than that historically <laughs> speaking when we yeah. talk about the the innumerable talents that have just not been able to tell stories. Wasn't
1: Kate Blanchett nominated for an Oscar for playing Katherine Hepburn in The Aviator?
3: Oh, well then that should definitely count as what, an Oscar nomination for Katherine <laughs> Hepburn. Ever. Absolutely. <laughs> Was it I think she did she, did she also not get did she get nominated for
0: playing um, Bob Dylan? Bob Dylan. Did she get a nomination for playing Bob Dylan too? I, I mean. So. I, by the way, that's another woman who, in maybe 10 years from now, she's also got to be in that conversation. Anyway, all right, next up. Excellent observation, Logan. Thanks for sending that in, man. Uh, let's see. Uh, Danito writes, who do you think is a likely choice to direct the next Avengers? Russo's still number one, in my opinion, but maybe Watts, Gunn, or even an outsider hoping for a Secret Wars. Well, everybody knows what I'm about to say. I don't care. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't do the ex-director and thing Kevin Feige has shown he knows how to pick the right director. Because I will tell you this right now and nobody will convince me otherwise. If you can say that before the announcements came out for Captain America, the Winter Soldier, nobody in this planet said, you know it would be really great to direct that? Them, uh, the You, Me and Dupree guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the guys who, yeah, I watched You, Me and Dupree and that's got a Marvel feel to it. Nobody would have said the Russo brothers. But Kevin Feige knew these guys get my vision before they did Ant-Man. Nobody was saying, you know who should do Ant-Man? Peyton Reed. Nobody was saying that. James
1: Gunn doing Guardians of the Galaxy. When they were
0: doing Guardians of the Galaxy, nobody said, you know who they should get? Yeah, that guy who did Super. Because it's a superhero thing. Nobody said James Gunn. Kevin, and that's the thing. He'll probably get somebody we're not even thinking about. But whoever he gets, whether it's somebody who's already in the family... Uh, by the way, Watts is already connected now to Fantastic Four, and he's uh, even talking about other things now. But has Todd
3: Phillips directed anything for Marvel?
0: Not for Marvel, no.
3: Okay, I'm just curious. I, that
0: would be an, I mean, depending on the right movie. That would be an interesting fit.
3: And but, speaking of like interesting backstories, you know, the guy from Road Trip directing the Joker. <laughs> the guy from Road Trip. <laughs> you know, I,
0: I, so it's it's whoever Kevin Feige thinks would be a good fit. That's who it'll be because none of us would have predicted the Russo brothers. None of us would have predicted James Gunn. None of us would have predicted Peyton Reed. None of us would have predicted John Watts. we say, Oh, we're doing new Spider-Man. New Spider-Man is now gonna be in the MCU.
1: Let's direct the guy who directed Cop Car. As
0: I say, you think everybody guessed the guy who directed Cop Car was gonna be the one they went out to get? No, so whoever Kevin Feige gets will be the right person to do it. So that, it's probably gonna be somebody we're, we're not even thinking of. All right, next up. Elizabeth Gerardo writes, the Oscars tried to not air some categories and it created a scandal. Have they learned nothing? Well, again, th- they have learned because this is different. They are televising it. It's just not going to be, the, what we see televised will not be live and happening at that moment. But all the categories we mentioned are going to get their Oscars. We are going to see them accepting it on television. It is going to happen. They're just saving some time. And maybe it'll be a complete circus freak, awful show. Maybe it'll be a disaster that they do it. Or, as I'm suspecting, I think the show's going to come and go, and I don't even think we're going to notice much of a difference. But I could be wrong. We'll find out. All right, next up. Uh, Jake C. writes, Wow, Academy! Definitely keep chasing viewers who don't like the Oscars by alienating viewers who do like the Oscars. Uh, you <laughs> brilliant, <laughs> brilliant minds. Again, my my argument will be: if your viewership is year over year in decline, the option is not to do nothing. You've got to try something. And one of the biggest biggest complaints from a lot of people is you've got to shave down on the time. And if this helps us to still see the awards get get presented and save time it's a win-win and i got a feeling i'm predicting right now that come april whatever the day after the oscars is you guys are both going to be saying you know what that worked fine just like when i was going to the oscars the the first year they said they weren't going to have a host and i said this is going to be a mess i think most people thought it would be but after the oscars done i had to say you know what it actually worked
1: fine. I still have a fundamental philosophical problem
0: with removing those. At least you're acknowledging it's a philosophical problem you have with it. It, it, In practicality's sakes, I think it's going to work fine, but I could be wrong. I I mean, I could be the one that's going to complain the most after the Oscars about how it was handled, so we'll find out. Okay, next up. Uh, Let's see, T-Bone writes, wanted to share my favorite LA hidden secret with y'all. I took my fiance to Herb Alpert's Vibrato for her birthday, a jazz club steakhouse tucked away around Mulholland. Yeah. Uh, bonus. We were seated next to SNL legend Garrett Morris. Oh, I love Garrett that's, Morris. That's, you know, uh, I've been was... to Vi-
3: Oh, yeah, I've been yeah. to Vibrato's many times. I've... Jolie Fisher really? has done her one woman show, and I've seen her do a variety show there. Yeah, Jolie Fisher does shows there all the time, and it's a phenomenal place to catch a show.
1: That that mini that kind of mini mall at the top of yeah. where there's a Starbucks there where i ran into barbara Steele, who's a great 60s horror icon who was just sipping on her starbucks yeah and that that a place cool LA that place is one of the most star-studded vibrato that whole mini mall that's up well, yeah the top because it's of, like
3: right up in the hills yeah and it's very inconspicuous and if you are just a random tourist in los angeles you're never gonna you, you, you there's never no reason go, to ever go there's no reason to go there but it's a very cool little spot all right next
0: up uh, thank you for that, T-Bone. By the way, T-Bone sent in $20 to support the channel. Thank you, T-Bone. Uh, John Redcorn writes, the Papa John scene in Uncharted was some of the most bizarre product placement I've seen in film uh, right next to the Bud Light scene in Transformers 4. Was that the restaurant they were in that I was complaining about?
1: I think it might have been. Did you just been.
0: call
3: Papa John's it? a restaurant? That's adorable.
0: <laughs> okay, uh, so the, the, the like eating that. establishment. Was that the one they were talking about? I don't know if that's the one they were talking about or not. <laughs> All right, let's keep going here. Uh, next up, um, Cody Hunt writes, one thing that bugged me about uh, Begins is that the microwave emitter, oh, we're talking about Batman Begins, is that the microwave emitter vaporizes water. So wouldn't it vaporize every, uh, everyone since humans are mostly water? That is, so, I remember when the first movie first came out, somebody brought up that exact same thing. So of course, yesterday we did the latest meeting of Movie Club and we talked about Batman Begins. And like, yeah, if this thing just evaporates water, Mm -hmm. and it's evaporating water through the city streets to the mains below, then shouldn't any person standing there instantly blow up and evaporate?
1: Well, considering it was from the Applied Sciences Division, maybe they figured out a way where it wasn't going to affect human beings. (laughs)
0: <laughs>
3: maybe nice pivot yeah like that?
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's a possibility it's movie all right next up good point to bring up cody uh raymond reddington writes by the way uh blacklist just got renewed for season 10 oh also by the way i watched the first episode of um end how was it i again? liked it okay now granted I'm, I'm hail to the queen hail to the queen man and by the like i'm i'm a sucker for um uh, marina bakaran and anything she does it looked really well shot i I thought it was pretty good i liked
1: Uh, it i mean i'm not a network tv guy but that look i will watch that if you think it's good i'll watch it and i see i I mean network tv like i
0: don't know how it'll turn out but so far so good
1: the writers don't either
0: (laughs) raymond reddington writes am i breaking the law by using a vpn to subscribe to hbo max i live in the uk even though i am paying to watch peacemaker and not streaming it for free though through a website like one two three movies honestly i don't know my 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 guess is and do not take I'm not here giving legal advice okay but my guess is no you are not breaking the law if you were breaking the law then these these VPN companies advertising hey you can access content for then they wouldn't be allowed to advertise that He's paying that. for it Yeah so He's if you're paying, paying for it. it whatever you're doing a workaround but I do not believe Raymond Renton you are breaking the law I, I mean maybe I've You're
1: made- giving HBO Max what I give HBO Max every month same Maybe thing.
0: somebody who's involved in that area of law can let me know if I'm wrong about that, but that's my guess. Well, by the All way, right.
1: what are VPNs for anyway, other than getting to stream things you can't stream in your own well, country?
0: My main reason for using a VPN, like ExpressVPN, um, <laughs> is, is online privacy. I mean, that, right. that's my primary thing, is is absolutely the privacy thing. All right, anyway, next up. Uh, official Friend Zone rights. With the success of Uncharted and a positive feedback from the new Horizon Forbidden West game, I hope we get a show announcement soon. I, I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen anything of the new game, but everybody's kind of raving about it. Yeah. But I know. Listen, PlayStation Studios is all about finding the next IP that they're doing. And if this thing takes off, I would prefer a movie, but that's just me. All right. Matt writes, uh, eagerly awaiting for Tarantino's tenth film. And are you excited for it? He said it's his last, but I don't believe that. I don't. Be- I don't think there's anybody on the planet who believes his next movie is going to be his last movie. Yeah. I think maybe he believes it, but there's no way he sticks to that.
3: He'll be like Coppola at eighty-two. Yeah, I'm financing my own thing. I don't care. I'm making another movie. Yeah, well,
1: Steven Soderbergh. I'm gonna retire to paint.
0: Yeah, that lasted all of what six months? Yeah. <laughs> or or
3: now I'm
1: gonna do TV. I'll yeah, do remember
0: the when Jay Z retired saying I'm not I'm not making any more albums. Right. I more albums. I mean, yeah. So I I think I don't think Tarantino is lying. I just he's a creative force, and when you're a creative force, you're gonna get the itch, and then he's gonna It's the same thing he said. That's it. I'm not doing Hateful Eight. Remember that? When uh, people leaked the script. Yeah. I'm not doing Hateful Eight. He wasn't lying. I think he believed at the time that he wasn't going to do it. But then he did it. But
3: you know what? At the same time, he, uh, now that I'm thinking, there's something about the unfortunate reality that creative people have to announce a retirement if they just want to take a friggin' break. Because yeah, if somebody who has done a lot of successful things and becomes, you know... A part of the zeitgeist decides you know what i kind of i'm a little burnt out i just want to go paint and i don't know if i'm ever going to do a movie maybe i will but right now i'm just not feeling it if they decide that all they want to do is go you know paint landscapes for the next 15 years then all of a sudden it's like wow whatever happened to so-and-so man their career just tanked even if they made a personal decision to just take a hiatus and so i think that sometimes this is a preemptive move for people to announce a retirement so that they can say, Hey, it's not that I can't get work. I am choosing not to work for a period because guess what? I'm so rich, I don't have to. Without having to deal with the the insanity and the BS of people thinking, oh yeah, well, they just, you know, they're a hack, they failed, they can't get hired again. You know, which I see so many times. Somebody can win an Academy Award. And then if they, or somebody can do one of the greatest films in cinema history, and if they never do another thing ever again creatively, they've still accomplished more than most creatives on the planet. And yet they're considered a hack or a has-been.
1: He also made a really good point that all of his favorite directors that he loves, he says the the last films in their careers were never that auspicious. And he made his, Reservoir Dogs is 30 years old now. His first feature.
0: Okay, listen, uh. Uh, we're we gotta we gotta fly yeah. here because we're we're already overtime and we're less than halfway through these questions. Okay, uh, let's see here. Uh, next up is uh, oh, there's the second part from Abraham, part two of two, <laughs> following it up right after with Studio Six Six Six, which awesome. I am very excited to see. And both in Dolby Cinema, not Prime though. Uh, thank you, A List, for making this an affordable night again. I, let me back up what Abraham's saying there, guys. Seriously, if you're close to a uh, uh, a, a Regal. Or an amc take advantage of their movie memberships and use it if you are a film fan that goes to at least two movies a month it saves you money you'll find yourself going to more movies it's an excellent thing to do and i hope you have a great time abraham Sidious swift writes john did you ever get around to watching the courier i did not i don't want to give anything away but it has a moment i think john would like i can't even remember which movie that's is that
1: is it's the benedict cumberbatch series i think
0: oh is that what that was
1: yeah i think it, I, I was think thinking that's...
0: of something completely different
1: but or no, maybe I, it is a movie. I thought it was a series, but it's maybe a it, movie. It
0: might be. But, uh, but no, I have not, unfortunately, Sidious. So, uh, yeah, unfortunately. There's a lot of TV I don't get around to watching. Unfortunately. I'm caught. All right, K Major writes, Hey, Chris, uh, and Chris is not here today. I've hired the Justice League to be on your case. They'll get back to me. The Avengers had me on hold for 45 minutes. Oh,
3: probably talking about, about her car, car situation. So go, yeah. We will let Chris know that you got them on it. That <laughs> we'll is, he will
0: you got people got your back, Chris. When it comes to your oh, she's had the worst luck with her car, man. Like everything from vandalism to like uh, just a lot of different crap with her car. All right, next up, a beast. Gaming writes, Rob. What site do you purchase hot toys from? Well, sideshow's the North
1: American distributor, or Toys Wonderland, or Comic Sanctorum, or, uh, Ooh, or One, one Six Outfitters.
0: Oh, I gotta check out that one. Or One
1: Six Kit.
0: Gotta check out that one. Or Monkey right. Depot. Ryan Loner writes. Imagine the ultimate irony: Oscar editors win an Emmy for cutting out the editing awards. Yep, that would happen. <laughs> of course, that would be yeah, that would be uh, that would be kind of funny. And, and uh, their
3: acceptance speech, but again, being
0: aired. Remember, you're still gonna see the nominees for best editor, the winner for best editor, and you're still gonna hear their acceptance speech. It'll be in a montage. It'll, it'll probably be as part of a montage, but hey, it's still gonna be there. All right, next up, uh, and anime thirty-eight writes. Uh, hey Rob Uh, I lost my spot there it is hey Rob Uh, Cthon was just found in the Doctor Strange movie poster he is tied to the Darkhold and Wanda's power how psyched would you be to see him again this is probably from the new TV spot we haven't had a chance to watch
1: Kthon is an awesome character and I would love to see Cthon portrayed on screen and Sam Raimi would be the guy to do it
0: all right next up uh we've got l renshaw who writes rob star trek rob star trek rant activated full speed ahead (laughs) so i i actually thought you were rather reserved
1: i was you know what i told you i'd be as professional as i could be yes
0: i was impressed i was was impressed again a little bit of a little bit of festivus in there but that's okay i I actually thought you were very well i got a little spicy but you know no i thought you were within the bounds i thought you were within bounds all right next up we got (laughs) Gon's who sends in like a 20 dollars super chat badge and Gon's writes. Marvel in need of a new galactic team with the end of Guardians. Do you think we could get a Star Jammers movie, uh, be funny seeing Coser uh, leading Cyclops in havoc? I'm your dad, and uh, sorry for throwing you out of a plane. Rob, he's talking, right, by the way, I'm going to throw it over to you, and I'm going to head out and use the bathroom because I need it quick. But, oh. <laughs> but they have talked about how James Gunn said this iteration of Guardians is coming to an end. Should they be looking at a new out for for uh look i love the star i'll let you guys talk about for a minute while i head out
1: i love the star jammers lalandra obviously is connected to professor x and i uh uh, i think it'd be great i mean i i love the cosmic side of marvel i mean the nova core which we've already seen you love The Nova Corps, right? Yeah,
2: I love Nova, buddy.
1: Yeah, I knew you did. (laughs) So, yes, I think it would be great if they did that. The Star Jammers are great characters. Obviously, yes, part of the Summer's family you're talking about. And I love the design of those characters. And it really depends. I mean, they've they've tapped. We know that the Marvel Cosmic Universe is much bigger than we've seen. They've actually shown us very little of it. And if they're bringing Adam Warlock out, they're trotting him out in Guardians 3, I think uh, we're in for a treat. I don't know if they can see you. Or, am I the only one on camera? No, no, no. no, no, no. They can, all... oh.
2: What was the question again? <laughs> if if they're going to, to retire Joey. the
1: Guardians of the Galaxy, what other teams, like such as the Star Jammers, oh. I mean, would you like to see more cosmic characters in the MCU, Ray? Um, I don't know too much about it, to be honest.
2: Well, what if you had just more people in space? Because I'll watch anything more, with yeah, space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's just do it. I mean, okay. You know what's in space, what, Ray? What's, what's Moons the...
1: are in space. Yeah, but
2: what's the thing? Why would the Guardians be... It's just a hypothetical or something. Well,
1: like, no, I think that the Guardians might be disbanded. People might die. Oh yeah. People, oh yeah you know. Some
2: of them aren't even there anymore.
1: Right. I mean, how but, are they
0: going to deal with Gamora? Oh, yeah. And I'm back. Okay. Thank, uh, God. thank you for covering that, guys. <laughs> I right. had nothing to say. Nothing to
3: <laughs> I just brought my dog up.
0: Nikita uh, Monahan writes. Uh, don't like them awarding the technical awards before the live show. It's kind of indirectly telling everyone those technicians and those categories are a lesser importance than the big categories.
3: And no, you know what it is? Well, hold on. Are they talking about the technical awards, which is a completely different award show as part of the Academy Awards, but it's for things like this little this gear inside of a camera was invented by this person yeah
1: but i think he's talking about sound and editorial okay, okay. and I, I think he's just said, i just want
3: to make sure that we're yeah because the technical um, awards the science entirely, and technical
1: awards is separate is
3: a separate thing i
1: technical crap.
0: i think i i don't believe that's the case at all but if it is it's not the academy telling them that they're less important It's the audience has been telling them that they're less important.
3: Has the audience actually, like, I want to know how they decided on these particular categories. Did they do focus groups? Did they look at, like, did they do the the thing where people can, they track when people are tuning out, when people are tuning back in, et cetera?
0: I'm going to guess they probably did do that research. My guess would be you'd have to do that kind of research before you do it. But but, I've never been, I would be okay if they
3: started it with the shorts categories. Start with the shorts, and the reason I say this is because, and not this is no disrespect to shorts, I have friends who have won Academy Awards for their short films. I have a deep respect for them, but the amount of time, resources, and money that goes into a short film is absolutely not the same as what goes into a feature, and so I would be okay if they started with the shorts and make that its own thing and see how that goes. And then maybe start thinking about, and if it and if it still works well, then maybe we start pulling in some other categories in. But I think it's a big thing to just chop, to, to put sound editing for a feature into you know a documentary short.
0: Okay, so are, are you, just help me understand. Are yeah. you saying that, okay, in principle, the idea of taking a couple of categories and announcing them first and adding them in later is okay? It's just which categories is the issue?
3: no what i'm saying is that yes that is what i'm saying okay
1: i would also say though about makeup they added the makeup oscar i think it was at the the when the show aired in 82 but it was for 81 and the first person who won the special effects makeup oscar was rick baker for an american werewolf in london i remember when i was 14 i thought that was the coolest thing in the world that rick baker was being honored with an oscar
3: yeah and also the casting directors are about to be we're about to see casting um brought in as a category for the academy awards it's going to be happening in the next five years i'm calling it and so they they're should add, they're adding categories so what's going to happen then
0: i, so. I think they should add that as a category all the right next have. Up. uh next up we've got uh, official friend zone rights character design story horizon forbidden west is one of the best games i am so enthralled john i highly recommend you check it out you know i was actually on my ps5 last night downloading some games and trying some games and remember thinking maybe that one I thought it might be because I'm still I'm terrible I'm still a mouse and keyboard guy I'm terrible with a controller and I thought maybe that looked a little bit advanced for me but I might have to give that one a shot all right unbeatable rights I heard there's a rare cameo of a working McDonald's ice cream machine in Dr. Strange (laughs) 2 any truth you guys make my commute to and from a lot better dude what is with that it only it only
2: comes out after 10 p.m. too the, the broken version of the you ice cream. Let's
0: get like a mini documentary done just about McDonald's I don't I get Someone Someone's gr- I actually always, suing them.
3: Why? I, I, I don't understand this. I've never had a problem getting McDonald's ice cream. I so ten, many
0: times have oh, had a
3: after problem. 10 PM? After
2: 10 p.m., their machine is always broken for some reason. Wait a second. Well, problems. I mean,
3: technically, you shouldn't be having sugar like that after well, 10 p.m. anyway. It's uh, going to affect can you can you you your Can we talk about
1: how they mouth. don't have nuts yeah. for their Sundays anymore? I love McDonald's Caramel Sunday and they don't have nuts. I
0: would always ask them to hold them anyway, so I don't care.
1: I love the nuts. Did hold some kid die from a peanut allergy? Maybe. Why did kids ruin it for, our, for the well, rest of us? Well, it's not
3: peanuts. Us? It was almonds. Oh, whatever. Was it almonds? What's no, it's it no, it no, it no, peanuts. It peanuts. Yeah, it's peanut allergies. Peanut allergies have destroyed an entire generation. Yeah. All, All right. You know Southwest Airlines, we got, we no gotta keep going. We
0: got to keep going. Next up, we got Addison who writes... Um, I miss the Batman Begins movie club live, but a hot take I feel is uncommon. I think Batman Begins is my least favorite of the trilogy, but still amazing. I don't think that's a terribly hot take. I mean, listen, that that trilogy has a lot of fans and and some people will prefer, I mean, most people prefer the Dark Knight as their favorite, but some people think Batman Begins is their favorite. Some people I've heard swear that the Dark Knight Rises is their favorite. So, hey, whatever one is preferable for you, that's the one that works for you, man. All right, our friend Cincinnati's five-star barber writes, Tuesday, 7 p.m. IMAX, the Batman fan first event. I'm more hype than a cooked, than a coked out iguana. Listen, I tell you what, we are less now than a week away from our first screening um, of Batman. And then Aaron will be joining us on the fourth for our second screening of Batman. And then some of you guys will be joining us as well for our Batman screening. I I cannot wait. I, I feel like the DC fandom event, not this recent one, but the one before where Matt Reeves first came out and showed us footage and whatever. I feel like that was just like two months ago. I can't believe how long we've waited for this Batman film. And I cannot believe how excited I am for it. Dude. Palpable. After,
1: after seeing that Catwoman clip and seeing how those fight scenes are shot, I'm like, I can't wait.
0: I am dying to see this movie. All right. Next up. Kevin Joyce writes, um, Every new Batman clip makes me more excited. I think it's clear they've got the right ingredients. Hopefully, the meal delivers. And you're right. we see they, All the ingredients are there. They got all the tools. It's all there. The thing is, we know Matt Reeves is a chef who can deliver if you give him the right ingredients. And he has gathered the right ingredients. And everything I've seen so far, all the little tastes they've given us have been delicious. And I But think do they they're taste
1: gonna, great together, John?
0: We'll find out. Mm. I'm going to be so freaking sad if they're not. I'm gonna be so disappointed if it's not. All right, Mr. Hank Dunn writes. I meant, from, uh, I meant from Movie Club. Let me try let's try this again. I meant from Movie Club is I don't think X is ever too realistic for X. You could have Predator show up in Sopranos and make it work if executed right. I'm gonna disagree with you. No, you can't. It it if it depends on the world you create for your audience. And if you created a certain world for your audience, then I, I'm going to have to disagree with you, Mr. Hank Dunn, then X doesn't automatically equal. Like, if you do a mobster movie where an alien invades in the mobster movie, you can create that world. Yeah. But if you've got a show like Sopranos or an ongoing franchise where this is our world, this is, this is the world we're creating for this, mm-hmm. this is what the rules of this universe are, you can't suddenly then have a ghost army show up and start battling the police in the streets. Right? It's, it's, you got to be mindful when you're a storyteller of finding that balance. Rob, what do you think?
1: I completely agree with you. I mean, what are you going to do? Have a predator show up and kill Tony Soprano? How gratifying would that be?
0: I mean, maybe more gratifying than the screen just going black. <laughs> but I, I'm just throwing that out no, there. No, but
1: I think you're right. You, you, look, technically, you could probably make everything work. But if you set up a show like Breaking Bad and you, you have an expectation there, you can't just turn it into this, a science fiction
3: right Show it depends on hour. what you set up in the very beginning yes you know like as <laughs> both of you know i recently wrote a pilot and it's gone through many 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 different changes john since the draft that you read and one of the things that i'm real that i have realized very quickly is Whatever you set up in the first episode is what the world is for the remainder, not just of the season, but for the entire series. Yeah. So if you want to have fantasy scenes, if you want to have flashback scenes, if you want to explore any of those things, you can't wait until episode three to do it. You got to do it all in episode one so that people go, oh, this is the ride I'm taking. Yeah. And then they take that ride no matter what it is. But you got to set it up from the very beginning.
0: They always make such a big deal out of who is directing the, the pilot. First episode. Because exactly. that sets the tone for everything that the directors afterwards have to follow. All right, next up. Uh, ben Rayner writes for an experiment. I think I'm going to try watching stranger things season four weekly because binge, because binge shows, I don't remember all that well after a month or two curious to see if this works. You know what? I have found the exact same thing mm-hmm. when I binge a show and I, I binge a lot. I am a binger, but when I binge a show, I am more likely to go when somebody brings up something that happened in like episode four, I go, I don't remember that. Did that, that, that yeah. happened. Whereas when it's a week-to-week show, I can remember every detail about Peacemaker.
3: Mm-hmm. Well, because we also, we get a recap of the most important things that happen, you know, the week after. We've what happened. We've had an entire happened. week to talk they about They go, everything. this is what we already told you. This is what we're telling you now. And then this is what we're going to tell you next week. So, so then the next week you're like, oh, right. You get that recap. And it's just it's like learning something over the course of a semester versus learning it in a mini. I have to
1: tell you that when the last episode of the Gilded Age ended, I was waiting to go to the next episode because a train disaster happens. And I'm like, wait, there is no there is no episode of the Gilded Age till next week oh yeah and i started thinking about the whole episode after it was over more than i don't do that
0: i really
3: wish that there was no episode of 60 days in afterwards because i
0: don't even know what this show is so i'm gonna now now i'm gonna have to check it out and i'm gonna be curious about it don't watch it before
3: bed all right
0: next i've spent four days in la we got tim platt who writes I've I've been binge watching some of my favorite sitcoms as a kid, like Family Matters and Golden Girls, that I used to watch with my grandma. Any sitcoms from the 80s and 90s that you would revisit? I'm not saying this is my favorite one, but one that I would absolutely sit down and do a full rewatch of. Well, we're going to be doing uh, The Office, and I do it for Parks and Rec all the time, but but one from when I was actually young, uh, Night Court.
3: Oh my god!
0: I would totally sit down and do a rewatch of Night Yes. Richard Mole. Oh, mean, that was such a good show. And Rob never watched sitcoms, so what? I've she seen Night I'll, I'll tell
1: you why. Because the director of photography I had on Free Enterprise worked on Night Court. Was a DP on Night Really?
0: Yeah. <clears throat> so, so did you watch Night Court?
1: I did watch Night Court. I a lot. love. Nightcourt. I really liked Night Court a lot, and um, I
0: would watch Facts of Life, Tootie. You kidding that me? was a spin-off of different strokes right
3: i would watch different strokes too
0: <laughs>
1: yeah I, I i i back in the day i watched lost it
3: fresh prince of bel-air the comedy
0: the comedy not the one that's on right now yeah Which, by the way anne's watching that one right now she seems to be enjoying it all right uh next up we got sad movies or movies too writes have you seen mount rushmore before it was carved it was unprecedented get okay, it okay you, know you know what i would have
3: liked if he did the type if we spell if we, instead of spelling it if correctly, he did a
0: personal misspelling. i'm not
3: it. a big fan of uh of poor spelling or grammar mistakes but i would have liked it that. should have been
0: unprecedented unprecedented, unprecedented. Yeah, that would have been that funny unprecedented. i didn't see it though, i get so. it all right next up we got uh guillaume lebel writes Went to see Uncharted last night in Dolby Atmos, and I liked it. Good little action-adventure movie as a non-fan of the game franchise, I hope for a second. And again, like we've heard from a lot of people, Ray is the voice of the people, uh, because Ray is the only one of the four of us who came out liking the film. But it turns out the vast majority of the people have had a good time watching it. And you know what? Awesome. That's great. I want to see a sequel, too, because I think... The bones are there for a really good movie if they can expand upon that moving forward. All right. say C- glad you had a good time, Gil. of Swift writes, glad to see Erin is on today. She's very cool. Well, you know. She, I have my moments. She's got her moments. She's all right. She's got Joey Bishop there with her. All right, next up. Spencer Nielsen writes and sends in like a $20 super chat to support the channel. Thank you, Spencer. I would like to think of myself as a well-reasoned individual with measured opinions, but I turn into an insufferable, unintelligent fanboy whenever I am talking about the flash. What topic, if any, turns you this way? We've all got them. We've all got them. I, I, I think for me, it's the Star Wars prequels. Uh, that, that's a huge one What for do you me. think
1: mine is, John?
0: <laughs> uh, Night court. <laughs> Can't possibly imagine. Star Trek.
1: <laughs> Modern Star Trek, since Modern, the great hostage yeah. crisis began in
0: 2009. Are we talking
3: uh, about specifically about, about entertainment or just topics in general?
0: I think we're probably talking about entertainment. Okay. Yeah,
3: that, it's my job, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right. Next up, we got uh, Zach Taylor who writes Do you watch uh the Movie Pass 2.0 presentation last week? What were your thoughts? I did not watch the presentation. We talked about it though. We did talk about it. I, I will look, I will just bottom line say this. I think it's a very interesting thing that the original guy who did Movie Pass, when it was a good idea and running on solid business foundational ideas, not that necessarily we were gonna work, but they were solid foundational ideas. Before he gave it over to somebody else and then they they ran to the ground. I think it's really interesting that a non-movie theater specific membership program is coming back into existence. I have my doubts it can be effective and work. But I'm going to hope for their success. I hope it works and uh, let's see if uh, they're able to carve out a place for themselves. All right, next up. Eric Mr. Rare Air writes, somebody please download Uber or Lyft on Chris Card's phone next time you see her. (laughs) Here's the thing though.
3: I'm sure she has it, but that would be quite an expensive That would be like a
0: $175 Uber trip to to drive from where she lives in North Hollywood to where I live in Riverside. All right, next up. Uh, Jim Kennedy writes, "Uh, hey guys, March 18th sees the release of uh, Ty West's new film X, which I think looks like a blast. You guys see the trailer uh, do you like his other films? I have no idea what this film. Okay,
1: is. Okay, dude, you gotta watch a trailer for this movie. <laughs> I'm just telling you, you you just gotta watch. Ty West made like House of the Devil. Uh, I'm a big fan of his films. Watch the trailer for X.
0: All right, I I have no idea what this is about, but I will keep my eyes open. It's for a horror it. movie. It sounds like it, and it's got the filthy in it. All right, uh, Kevin Cow writes um just send my batman video hope it's not too late it was too late sorry kevin um been watching since amc days and i work like five minutes away and we have hot toys and pops <laughs> like, wait, wait 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 wait, wait!
3: are you giving away the hot toys wait, he
0: works what
2: wait? he he does what,
0: what?
3: he works he works five, <laughs> He's, he away. Works five he can, minutes can, away uh, from per- the
0: amc
2: oh okay there's there's someplace that has and has we have hot toys? hot toys
0: and pops they was trying to bribe his way in
1: i want to i want to uh well, you know what? You can have my place. No. Can I have something for free? What, what are you going to give me?
0: All right. Sorry about that, Kevin. But yeah, we have selected already. All right. Uh, Sam Fisher writes, uh, one of three. What I think the Oscar should do to shorten the show is swap supporting actress and original song, and then, and then the winner of original song gets to perform not all five songs. I do think the Oscars can get away with not televising short form and documentary, but things like makeup, uh, production, design, and editing are important. But here's the problem. So you just told a bunch of filmmakers who have worked very hard and their life goal has been making films and they get one of their short films nominated for Academy Award. Now you're telling them they're not important. So, I mean, this is the thing either. We're saying that this in principle is a good idea to try and it's just the specific categories that we object to, which, you know, like even for me, like film editing, I consider one of the major categories, like the major categories to me, best picture, best director, the four acting categories, the two different screenplay categories, cinematography and editing that to me are the major awards. And so I did do a little bit of a, whoa, wait a minute, film editing in there. All, all right. Like, even I I was like that. But are we saying in principle that we want to create a hierarchy of importance in these things, and then we're okay with the lower ones in our hierarchy poll being presented this way, but not the others? Or is it just in principle at all that they shouldn't be doing this at all? And I think that's a question we have to answer.
3: No, I'm going to do you one better. Sure. I don't think short films should get Academy Awards at all. I don't think that they should get... I don't think they should be even a category. And the reason why is because who are we actually celebrating when we give a short film award? We're not celebrating the makeup artist that worked on it. We're not celebrating the actor. We're not celebrating the editor. We're only celebrating... I guess who, who gets that? The director, the producer. I don't the, know who usually gets-
0: the producer director are one and the same with those. Yeah,
3: right. But that's what I'm saying is like when we're talking about the Academy Awards, we're focusing on the individual mm-hmm. ca- the individual aspects of filmmaking that all come together to make a feature film. So when we're talking about the short category, we're not we're not uh, acknowledging the the contributions of the individual um, filmmakers within those. It's just the project as a whole. I I, I don't.
1: I I'm, hear you, but then how would you define would you still give awards to a foreign film?
3: Yes, a, I'm talking a feature length film. Where like where because the foreign they- films have been nominated for best picture.
1: Well of course but I'm just saying you're you're who would you give the for you know what I mean it's still it, you're still not celebrating
3: Okay but but the the amount of like I said before the amount of resources the amount of time yeah. the amount of money the amount of people that go into making a short film I just don't think that you can compare a short film to a feature length film and I don't and I think that short films are very powerful they're they're I I love going to see short film festivals by the way they, I should
0: I should mention here for those for those who don't know uh Aaron's husband is in a short film that got some serious Oscar buzz as well this year. So she's speaking that from the position that her own husband yeah. was in a, in a short film, a fantastic short film, by the way, that got some actual buzz about and, and possibly And you know what? It might be nominated
3: Oscar. next year. They weren't able to get into the consideration oh, okay. this year, so yeah. it might actually be. so. And, and again, I have friends who won the Academy Award for their short films, right. but I also have friends who have won Academy Awards for their feature length films. And I know that those two things are not equal. So I personally, and this is again, note, but you make a short film, not because it is your, you know, your magnum opus. You make a short film because it is your launching point to get your feature. Like very few people have short film careers. And if they do, that's a very specific niche type of filmmaker. But let's face it. You make a short film to get your feature. That's what you do it for. You don't make it to do it to that's make money. That's what happened with Lights Out. I like just that? like
0: the fact
1: that this episode of the John Campy show is longer than the new, ep- new Academy Awards. That's right.
3: It actually before. is. Longer than the Academy Awards. So if you stuff. have a problem with the length of this show, don't worry. We will cut Erin Cummings out from all future episodes. <laughs> oh. She will still be honored. We d- you just won't have to listen to her.
0: Wow. Right. I wouldn't <laughs> want we that. We do have to I'm keep going short film here. I'm the current film of the We have to keep John going. All right. Next show. up. <laughs> uh, let's see. Where are we at? We're at Luke Stockton, who writes... Went down a rabbit hole this week watching your old videos, and it's awesome to see how much the show has improved. It is crazy. Love the format of the show and love uh, you all and the show. Also, Batman, six days away, can't wait. I mean, we're all so excited. And yeah, listen, I, I've done that too before where I've gone, look, the thing about the, the John Campbell show and any kind of creative endeavor or whatever is it's always a work in progress. And my hope is that the show from a technical point of view, from a format point of view, from a content point of view today is not going to be as good as it will be one year from now. And I hope a year after that'll be even better. I mean, so and you know, we'll 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 experiment with things, we'll try things, we'll make mistakes, we'll have some failures, but hopefully overall we're moving in the right direction and and I really appreciate the kind words, Luke. Really appreciate that, man. Thank you so much for that, dude. And thank you for supporting our channel on that level. Really appreciate that. All right. Next up. Uh sad movies or movies too rights. Watch Clifford. One could say that was rough to watch.
2: Oh, Of man. course,
0: Clifford was a movie that they showed us in advance at CinemaCon this year. Uh-huh. And Aaron looked at me agog and aghast
3: when That's they had, when they
0: surprised us by saying, guys, we're going to show you, because they did this for a couple films. They said, guys, right now, we're going to show you Ghostbusters with Jason Reitman and Ivan Reitman, RIP, up on the stage together, and they are talking about the movie, and then they saying we're going to show you the whole movie right now. And me and Aaron look at each other like, what? And then the next day, I can't remember which studio it was, said, and got, Oh, yeah, we also got this family four quadrant film, Clifford, which we're going to show you right now.
3: It was whoever did Top Gun. Who was who that? Paramount? Paramount? Yeah. Probably Paramount. I think it was Paramount. So, that's I, just like their Star, Star Trek went, announcement. What?
0: And I turned to Aaron and I said, Yeah, I'm out. I'm going to go back to my room. And she looked at me like, You're going to, you what? You're going to skip out on this? They're showing us their, their movie, John. You, you can't just,
3: this is a privilege. And just you have an opportunity up. to see a film before the rest of the world gets to see it. How can you call yourself a film lover and not take advantage of this opportunity? It was all in her eyes. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> so I get up and I leave and I go back to my room. 20 minutes later, <laughs> Aaron's like, yeah, I couldn't sit through that. It.
3: <laughs> it was
0: so bad
3: it was so bad and i i i i it, i really i really wanted to like it i really wanted to but from day from the from the very beginning i was like really really she's a scholarship kid and she lives in that apartment in manhattan but i love how they were like but she lives in harlem yeah harlem's <laughs> fucking expensive i lived there myself it ain't cheap it just it didn't make sense it was just horrible <laughs> i would have had so many script notes on that project
0: all right next up we got uh <laughs> rad uh, Raddest Nerd writes, I just hope the next three Ke- uh, Kelvin Star Trek movies will have a good pre planned story arc. Yeah, I mean, as contrasted to the Star Wars ones, which they went in and just kind of did whittly do, whatever. We'll make it up as we go along. Pre-planned, yeah, I hope they do that. They, they make
1: announcements without having a script. Who's going to be planning them?
0: All right, John Redcorn writes Give me Craven hunting Garfield or Venom, please. I said that from day one that they said they were doing a Craven the Hunter. I want to see Craven hunting Venom. I mean, now we know they could have Tom Holland's Spider-Man in it. But at the time, I was just like all about, oh my God, what would be the ultimate prey for Craven the Hunter? Venom. I mean, I want that so bad. All right, uh, Hut356 writes, anyone else think the Academy wants their award show to just become the MTV Movie Awards? Yes. How long before there was an Oscar for Best Kiss? <laughs> but here's the thing. Well, I have been very nervous about that. Cooler heads have prevailed. They've stopped themselves from going into that bullshit. They don't do best couple on screen and best whatever on screen. They're like, yeah, they've got this fan voted on thing once right now, but it's not an Academy Award. They're not giving you an Oscar for it. They're just doing a fan poll. So as long and they as- they
3: have historically done, I'm I'm blanking on them on the top of my head. But if you look up, if you just Google like you know Academy Awards that no longer exist, historically they have had you know have they've they tried. Had- They've tried to do things. Yeah, they've tried to create new things. And here's the thing. For the sake of this show, I am I am opposed to it. In 2 years, I may eat my words. I don't think I will, but I will say that I'm I'm happy that they are at least flexible enough to not have the rigidity to stick to one thing. Mm. It keeps them relevant. It keeps the academy part of an ever fluid uh film community. So I will say this, after all of my ranting and my raving, I do appreciate the fact that the Academy at least says, hey, you know what, let's try some new things out. I appreciate the flexibility. I don't necessarily know if I agree with this move, but I do appreciate the fact that they're willing to try new things.
0: And, and the best thing is if it does turn out to be disastrous if it does turn out to be a train wreck and a terrible idea They'll they, can, it back. they can change well it amy back. schumer
1: is one of the hosts
0: <laughs> oh geez don't even remind sorry. me sorry <laughs> I, I still cannot understand their hosting choices here and i like the people they got hosting i do i, do I just too. don't think they're the right people
3: to host not All right, together
0: anyway. uh where are we at here we're at al renshaw who writes uh chris chris's car needs to be encased in a suit of armor yeah Pretty much. It really, really does. Uh, especially if you saw the pictures that I saw. Anyway, Andy writes, Rob, I tried uh, I tried to shy. Shilled oh, I you, tried guys. to shill. Sorry. I tried to shill for you to get more money from Campia for your hot toys yesterday. Can you please safely let my family go now? LOL. <laughs> Shh. It's so uh, quiet.
1: You have to slide um, into my DMs. We'll work something out.
0: All right. Uh, Harv's K. <laughs> writes. Uh, Fred Heschinger was terrific in White Lotus and the Fear Street movies, still curious about Chameleon, will be skewing a bit young. Um, yes, but that's okay. I, I really don't, listen, with Aaron Taylor Johnson, they're already skewing a little bit young with yeah. Craven in of itself, right? Because Craven is supposed to be a little bit older. So I think that for, yeah. Seasoned, I like that. Seasoned, I like Seasoned. that. All right, and final one for the day comes to us from Vaughn who writes, In the Doctor Strange trailer, right before it changes from the dinos, you see Strange breaking through an animated world. Uh, It's like for a half second, yes, I saw it myself. So that scene where it looks like it could be uh, what's the name of the island again? Um, Uh, Something lands. The Badlands? The Savage Lands. Savage Lands, thank you. Right before what could be the Savage Lands, what they're breaking through looks possibly like it's animated behind it. I mean, it may be, it may not be. It might just be a visual illusion. I don't know, but Again, that could back up the theory that if Captain Carter is in this movie, which she is, maybe she'll be animated. I mean, I'm not saying they will, but it's possible. By the way, uh, the Jughead one also sent in a Super Chat badge just to be supportive. Thank you for that, Jughead. And guys, we had a lot of topics today, so we went over time. That'll do it. For today's installment of the John Campy Show, thank you so much for being here and making this show part of your day. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in these comments and questions. Number one, because he gave us great fun things to talk about. Number two, you supported this channel as you did. And all of us involved in the show, thank you so much for your support. Just running around the table really quick here. I want to thank everybody for being a part of the show. Robert Meyer Burnett. We got Aaron Cummings and little Joey Bishop. Don't forget to watch her on The Rookie this coming week. And right over here, Ray Aura. My name's John Campy, you guys. That'll do it for now. And until next time, my friends, bye-bye.